Hey guys, real quick before we start, just wanted to let you know that at some point during this episode, we used the phrase low on the totem pole. It is not appropriate to say that phrase anymore if it ever was appropriate, and we know better. And so just wanted to say I'm sorry um, before we start, and we will learn from that, and we won't do it ever again. Thank you. Oh man, two disclaimers at the beginning of one episode. We must have really screwed up this one, guys. This is the final episode that was recorded before the news about the environment of the writer's room of this show uh, broke. I am recording this disclaimer on the day that the news broke. So in two months, who knows what else has happened um, on the internet that we have learned. Uh, but this episode was recorded before then. So just so you know, um, next episode will be recorded after. And if you are interested in hearing our thoughts and feelings about it, we put out a small uh, episode about that um, that should have come out in like two, two podcasts back in the feed. Um, so go and check that out if you're interested. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the episode anyway. Thanks. It is so funny to watch, like, the back of this guy's head with the back of the panda's head just, like, drive off as if they're buds and they're just getting into a taxi <laughs> like, together. Like, no question. Like, yeah. like oh, I'm ride-sharing with, with this, this panda. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 28-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is, uh, what are some of your baby names? We were just talking about it literally like mm, 30 seconds ago, <laughs> and Casey says that she doesn't think about baby names. Is this weird? Like, I don't know. I feel like, I, I feel like it's like similar to like thinking about your wedding, you know? It's just like something that you... Well, I feel like you... you... I also never think about my wedding. <laughs> Oh, I, I genuinely think there are two types of people. People who think about weddings and baby names and people who genuinely don't care. Yeah, yeah. That's me. I'm the latter. All right, great. I, I love that for you. My, so my baby name, um, I would say that like, what's weird is that um, I like have like this giant long list, but now that I'm uh, working in a middle school, like three or four of those I can't use anymore because those are kids already that I know. Oh. That's fair. You know, me and my cousin for like the longest time have been like fighting about getting to have the name Reese. We oh. both really love Reese's peanut butter cups. And so I was like R-E-E-S-E, not R -E -E -S -E. like R-H-Y-S. Right, R-E-E-S-E. -E -E. Okay. And um, as in like the Witherspoon. And um, the thing is that like she's way ahead of me. You know, she got married in 2018. And so probably she'll get Reese if she still wants it. But um, that was always the one that we were fighting over. Reese was always like my number one for a boy or a girl. Best thing you do is get a second dog. Name it Reese. Name it Reese. I won. You won. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who needs it. a baby when you can have another dog? Exactly, exactly. That's the answer. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. You get it. That's perfect. My name is Casey Wall. I'm a 26-year-old writer from Rhode Island. I like sapphic ships and collecting plants. You can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV or at LF Candle Co. where I make pop culture inspired candles. And well, as previously mentioned, I never think about this. I mean, I'm sure I've thought about it. If I were ever to have a child, I definitely think I would name it something after I wouldn't be surprised if I named it after a fictional character yeah mm -hmm. probably a Disney character maybe a Star Wars character maybe a lost character <gasps> me pushes my dog behind me what I would never do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> what daily both of my cats yeah yeah no it came up with that name on your own 
Yeah, exactly. I would definitely do it after a a beloved franchise or mm-hmm. or a media in my life. Yeah. Or I would go hard and just do like Lady Gaga. Like <laughs> baby comes out, boom, Lady Gaga. Just name the kid Lady Gaga. Great. Great. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, it would it would be something um creative like that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And this episode our guest is Erica. Hey! Yay! You guys, it's so exciting. So Erica is one of my best friends from high school, and now that I've moved back to my hometown, I am so thrilled to say that we are sitting here in the same room, and I'm (laughs) staring them right in the face as we record, and Can confirm, it's it's painful eye contact. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's huge. Robin is just so excited to not have to edit more than two tracks. Yeah. Yes. It, well, it works because I live like five minutes away from her. So it's yeah. like, all right, well, that's perfect. Go. Let's just kill two birds with one stone. Perfect. My name is Erica. I'm a 28 year old nerd and professional hairstylist. And I've been watching Lost since it was like on the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, like season three finale, traumatic on the air. Yeah. First episode of Lost bawling for a character i had no idea Mm -hmm. uh then i went back and back in the day when you could watch lost on youtube Mm -hmm. in 15 minute increments oh no (laughs) seasons one two and three like that Mm -hmm. until season four came on air and then i watched it with my mom i love that yeah so i've been watching it since like almost the beginning so sorry did you say that your first episode of lost was the season three finale yep oh my god horrible (laughs) terrifying (laughs) yep the trauma it was uh yeah i was like why am i crying over this character i have no idea who this person is it's because you had already seen lord of the rings i assume no i haven't no (laughs) No. this was like pre-even lord of the rings wow i I cannot believe i am absolutely (laughs) floored at the fact that charlie was your first don monahan i know that's insane to me because you're like one of the biggest lord of the rings fans i know i know it's crazy that's crazy it's so funny i love him though Love him. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. So, segue. Who are some of your other favorite characters? Um. Well, I love Sawyer mm-hmm. because, obviously, he's just perfect comedic timing 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. But also, the 10% just wanting Woof. to punch him yeah. in the face. Yeah. So, and then, of course, like, Sun and Jin. Like, mm-hmm. they're... They're my favorite. They wore my heart. And then Hurley, because yeah. out of anyone in that whole show, I'd run away with Hurley in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. He's my favorite person ever. <laughs> and then where can people follow you if they feel the need to do so? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Dearest of Stinky, which I post just unhinged fandom related stuff and The Sims. Yeah. Then also I have a hair page that's hairbyerica.rd on Instagram. So yeah, yeah. that's where you can find me. Yeah, you'll know that it's Erica because we have matching, at least as of recording this, we have matching Dimension 20 themed profile pictures on Twitter. Oh my god. Who knows? I mean, this is coming out in August, but I assume we're still doing that. I I think we probably should. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Safe to say. You guys, we forgot to have Erica answer the fun fact question. And luckily, they're over at my house again a week later. So we're good. What a a good timing. The the fun fact question was about baby names. Go on. I have far too many plotted out. But I, being the Arthurian legend nerd that I am, if I have a daughter, will be Guinevere. There's no question. (laughs) My partner's already agreed to this. However, he disagrees to the six boys' names that I have. (laughs) My favorite... 
if I can find my notes app in my phone. I like Baron, like Baron and Luthien, which is like Middle Earth stuff. And Elijah is my favorite. Mm. But let's get rid He's like, I knew a kid in high school named Elijah and I hated him. And I'm like, well, that's too bad for you because I like it. That's my, that's my choices. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Today we have words to say about episode 407 of Lost, Ji-yun. Yes, Ji-yun is the name of Jin and Sun's daughter. I do believe that is like the main thing that it's named after, if I had to guess. I would say so. The broadcast date... Yes, March 13th, 2008. It was written by Eddie and Adam, Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, and it was directed by Stephen Semmel. And I have a fun fact about Stephen Semmel for you guys. Mm, tell us. So he is actually one of the editors, and he, like, I believe, I believe this was his first episode of TV directing ever, um, but he worked as an editor on all six seasons. He directed, uh, so this episode, and then he directs The Last Recruit, which is an episode in season six. Mm. Um, he also had a cameo role in the season three premiere which is called A Tale of Two Cities as Adam who is the guy who's in the book club who doesn't like the book that Juliet chose. Oh my god. I, that's so funny. Yeah so that's him um, and that's his cameo. What a good cameo. Yeah. Other episode fun facts include this is actually the only episode of the whole series that features more than one kind of flash um, mm-hmm. which is why it's such a huge surprise when the reveal happens at the end of the episode because you're like mm-hmm. in what world would I have assumed that they were doing two different yes. types of it's why it's my favorite episode of season four yeah yeah Yoonjin Kim played a character with the name Jiyeon in a Korean movie once mm. that's pretty cool oh and also through the looking glass being the season three finale was the first episode to feature flash forwards but until the end of the episode the flash forwards seemed to be flashbacks Right? And this episode has the same twist, but in reverse, which is that we think Jin is in a flash forward with Sun, but he's actually in a flashback. Uh-huh. Creepy weird. Harold Perrineau, who plays Michael, reappears in the series for the first time since the uh, season two finale, which yeah. was a 29 episode span. We also have Regina, who is appearing on screen for the first time after previously being heard on the sat phone for several episodes. And I talked about this in, I think, the constant spoiler section. But basically what's interesting about both Regina and Minkowski is that we hear them over the phone for three episodes and then they die in the first episode where we actually see them on screen, which is really interesting. Before we go into it, I did have one thoughts from listeners, which was from me. You're the listener. I'm the listener. Amazing. I was listening. I mean, to be fair, you do listen to this podcast more than anyone, I would say. (laughs) Several times. Several times every episode. I was re-listening our Eggtown episode just came out by the time, like when we're recording this, and I was uh, listening to it and I thought of something else that obviously I didn't say in the podcast. Do you guys think that Diane, Kate's mom, would have gotten cut custody of Aaron if Kate had gone to jail? I mean, legally, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it would make the most sense because, like, unnamed father, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's no parental. Yeah. She's the nearest living relative, so I would imagine yes. I just yeah. think it's so interesting because Diane is like, I don't want to testify against you. I don't want you to. And she, like, chooses not to, even though she doesn't get what she wants with getting to, like, see her grandson and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's interesting because... If she had, then she probably would have gotten custody of the baby. Although she has like extreme medical issues. And so mm-hmm. maybe she wouldn't have anyway. She wouldn't have been deemed fit to do it anyway. Yeah, so, so never mind. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah. But you never know. Like I, there are cases where some kids get put into grandparents care that mm-hmm. really they shouldn't be taking care of this child, yeah. but they still have custody of them. And those kids are practically raised on taking care of their grandparents. Yeah. Right. So 
you know, the American foster slash child system is messed up anyways. Yeah. So it's, who knows? Yeah, it's one hot mess. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you guys, so we are going to cover this episode with the freighter storyline, the island storyline, and then we're going to do the flashback and then the flash forward. So we're going to cover mm-hmm. those two separately. Um, and we're going to start with the freighter storyline because it is the smaller of the two. And I did a summary for that. On the freighter, Kimi reminds Frank not to be late as they're about to leave. Frank goes down to bring food to Desmond and Saeed, and he finds Regina acting strangely. He gives them beans and tells them to hang tight. The captain is mad that they broke out of the sick bay. Saeed thought that Lapidus was the one who let them out, but he says he wasn't. The next morning, Des wakes up and Saeed complains about the beans. <laughs> they receive a note from Ben's special friend that says not to trust the captain. Later, they hear some annoying sounds, and the doctor shows up to take them to see the captain. They go back up on deck just in time to see Regina jump off the boat, draped in chains, drowning herself. The crew doesn't react, and the captain tells Saeed and Desmond to chill. He doesn't want to lose anyone else. Captain Galt openly explains that they've been having trouble with a saboteur and that this is Charles Widmore's ship. Back in a private room, he shows them the black box from the staged crash of Flight 815. They want Ben to get some answers. After their chat, Ray takes them to their new room, which is cockroaches and a big old blood stain on the wall. Ray calls for freighter custodian Kevin Johnson to come clear it up, and he tries to get out of it, but it's revealed that Ben's secret spy is none other than Michael Dawson. Nice. Bum, bum, bum. Fist bumping. I know, I forgot about that little tidbit until mm-hmm. I went and rewatched it, and I was just like, <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah. Such a good twist. <laughs> it's such a good reveal. There's so many good reveals in this in this episode. It's true. 100%. It's like, it's like every episode this season comes with a twist. Yeah. It's so good. So my season four is probably the best season. It's so interesting. And like, you know what? I hope that by the time this episode comes out that it's all cleared up. But it's interesting to be talking about the writer's strike season while another writer's strike is currently mm-hmm. ongoing. And a lot of people are talking about season four of Lost being like, we shouldn't have writer's strike. I don't actually know exactly what people are saying because I try and like remove myself from people talking bad about Lost because it bums me out. Um, so I don't know exactly what people are saying, but a lot of people are talking about season four of Lost. Some of it is positive. Some of it is negative. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to say that this is like, even though a writer's strike season, one of their best seasons 100% straight up like it's it's amazing that they were able to like still pull this out Mm -hmm. even though like they had to like get rid of a couple episodes and everything too but that makes it like tighter I feel like yeah you know yeah I think that they side note pay your writers yeah exactly (laughs) oh also that yeah yeah (laughs) so Frank is on the freighter with his little paper bag of beans and Kimi is just like hey Frank don't be late and Frank's like Okay, then. Like, where am I supposed to go? Yeah. What do you mean, don't be late? I'm here. We're all on the same boat. (laughs) We're on the same boat, but okay. So he goes to the room that Desmond and Saeed are in, and Regina is keeping watch. And Frank accidentally scares her, and she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't hear you. And I'm like, really? Because aren't steps really loud here on this giant metal boat? (laughs) Yeah. You know, like it really feels, but we can't really hear them in the edit, which it makes me feel like they like tamped them down because they thought it would be weird. Probably. If they could hear it. And then she said, I didn't hear you. Anyway, I think it just shows that she, I think that they should have kept those really loud sounds because it would have made it even more clear that she was like really out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, well, the captain wanted me to bring them food. And also your book is upside down. (laughs) And she seems like pissed that he's calling her out. But like, do you want me to just let you read an upside down book? Like Like she's looking at him like, uh, I can read. She's like, I know I'm doing that for fun. Girl, the story's not going to make any sense. (laughs) It's literally like people who like read books in French to be like, I'm learning French. And she's like, I'm learning to read upside down. (laughs) Yeah. Duh. God. (laughs) 
Frank. You're the one who looks stupid. <laughs> With your loud footsteps that I didn't hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, walk quieter, dude. Don't talk about my book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're the rude one. So he goes inside and he's like, hey, how you doing? And Des is like, I'm better now that I'm not dying actively <laughs> and, you know, freaking out mentally. And Saeed says... I'm not really sure why we're being held hostage when, like, we weren't the ones who killed Minkowski. Like, Minkowski just straight up died. Mm -hmm. And Lavinus is like, oh, no, like, it's Minkowski, we don't care. We don't care about Minkowski. It's about you busting out a sick bay and going to the radio room. And he's like, we didn't bust out. The door was open. You're not the one who opened the door. And he's like, no, why would I do that? Probably because you're our friend, but okay. <laughs> I guess we're not friends. <laughs> so Saeed goes... Anyway, have you spoken to our people? And he goes, nope, phone must be out. And we know that from last episode, Dan and Charlotte took the phone, and so that's why they can't get a hold of them. But Frank, oh. nice guy, brought them lima beans, and they're like, oh boy, thanks so much. Delicious. Yum. And he's like, that's all I could get. I'm really sorry. He says there's a problem in the kitchen. It seems like you're having a lot of problems everywhere, mm -hmm. I've gotta say. I don't think they're limited to the kitchen. Gotta say. Yeah. No. Yeah. Have you seen the state of that boat? Yeah, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's not good. But Saeed says, okay, I still want to talk to the captain. And Lapidus goes, mm, no, you don't want to. And if I was him, I'd be like, oh, is he mean? <laughs> Do I not want to talk to him because he's mean? Why? Has, has he said bad things about me? Does he not like me? Yeah. Does he not like me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Lapidus has against Captain Galt. And I actually looked it up. I was like, I wonder what his first name is. I didn't actually know. I like looked yesterday when I was doing my rewatch and dude didn't ever, they didn't give him a first name. They didn't name. write him a first name? Name is Captain Galt. Wild. That's his name. That's why he's so scary. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't no have one a first knows name. his name. Yeah. Spooky, <laughs> he's mysterious. He's an enigma. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> he's a ghost. You want to know how to make a spooky character. That's how you do it. You don't give him a first yeah. name. <laughs> exactly. Or exactly. a middle name. Just a last name and a title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Lupita's is like, bye. And I have a question. If Minkowski is dead now and Regina is sitting here reading a book upside down, who's answering the phones? Well, no one because the no one like I like a a good silence says yeah. we all don't know. No one yes, knows. <laughs> literally last episode. Um, or no, I was sorry, I was uh, listening to Eggtown, like I said. But um, Jack goes over to Charlotte and goes, "Why isn't anyone on the boat answering?" Charlotte's like, "Nobody's at the phone. I don't know. They're busy. Uh, uh, I don't know. I just spoke to someone and they're reading. <laughs> yeah, they're busy reading. She's really trying to get through it. Yeah. Okay, is that the next scene? Is them in the morning i guess yeah i guess it was nighttime wasn't it yeah mm. it was nighttime so now in the morning desmond wakes up um and there was a commentary for this episode with uh dan yunjin and steven semmel the um mm -hmm. director so uh i will be talking about things that i learned in the commentary uh in my notes here um I love a commentary me too oh. that's the thing that i'm like really missing from like streaming services you know it's, it's commentary just, like, commentaries I we die were just talking about that at my house the other night mm -hmm. and how easy it would be to add a commentary mm -hmm. feature because it's as easy as putting the subtitle option Straight on up. a streaming service. Yeah. So I feel like all these old shows that have commentary could benefit from like adding that onto the streaming services. Mm -hmm. I agree because that's like that's like the main reason I feel like I buy blu-rays still mm -hmm. is for like a bonus feature like that and I feel like it'd be so easy to add bonus features like that. I'm I want more commentaries. I love commentaries. Yeah. So in the commentary, Steven, the director, said that they shot an opening shot of Desmond's eye here, just in case they wanted to use it, but it wasn't used because it's not Desmond's episode, and they felt like that would be weird mm. if they did that. But 
Sorry I'm talking about Eggtown so much, but it's really fresh <laughs> in my mind. Eggtown opened with Locke's eye, and it was a Kate episode. So they've done oh. that before. Yeah, that's um, true. It wouldn't be a surprise. Like, it wouldn't be, like, a weird thing yeah. because they kind of do that mm-hmm. every once in a while. Yeah. So Saeed's sitting there. He eating beans, beaning it up, and... Bean boys. Yeah, bean boys. And Saeed goes, hey, and Desmond goes, hey. Um, and Saeed goes, well, I hope their kitchen is back up and running soon. Blech. <laughs> he always makes me laugh so much because like in his mind, Saeed is like, this sucks. Fix your kitchen. Gross. And outside he says, I hope they resolve their kitchen issues. Like, always the perfect poised gentleman. Yeah, exactly. I think that's so funny. He's like, in in my mind, I am thinking, ew, this Stinky sucks. Gross. Stinky, yucky, gross. <laughs> and outside I go their kitchen issues i hope they are resolved soon so desmond sees like a little note that they've gotten literally just now and i have like a memory of this scene where like the note is just sitting there i didn't even realize that like the note is fully delivered in the scene like desmond Mm -hmm. watches the note come through but obviously they can't get out and like check to see who it was who sent it so desmond sees the note get uh get delivered and saeed says that three days ago in Locke's camp Ben said that he had a spy on the boat, so it's probably from that person. And it is actually four days on island, but for Saeed, it's three days um, because they lost a day in the constant moving to the freighter, basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the note says, don't trust the captain. And um, I've always liked Captain Gold, but now that we're like going through this with like a fine-toothed comb, I wonder if it was just because he was handsome with a good accent that I liked Captain Gold. Extremely possible. And now I'm excited to see that. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm excited that's to valid. form a new opinion about him based on yeah. having got, go through it so, mm-hmm. um, so detailed in such a detailed way. I don't really remember anything about him. Mm-hmm. Nothing like stood out in like a suspicious way. Yeah. Like when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is just a guy. Like, yeah. Whatever. And now, like, going back, I'm just like, I know to know sus. Yeah. And I'm like, but I never would have thought that, which I think is the intention. Yeah, especially... He's an enigma. Yeah, because, like, Lapidus is like, don't... Or, like, you don't want to talk to him. And everyone's like, don't trust the captain. And I'm like, he seems fine. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But, okay. Why does everyone hate on him so bad? He seems like a normal guy. Yeah. But he was also named after a fictional sea captain created by English writer William Hope Hodgson. He was a captain for hire. Galt is morally ambiguous and a mysterious character. A collection of his stories can be found in the book Captain Galt Being the Exceedingly Private Log of a Sea Captain, published in 1917. Oh. So he's named after this fictional sea captain. Cool. Apparently. I mean, it makes sense with like the character that they portray. Which is why I was like... Ooh, what's his first name? <laughs> Don't know. Is there a first name for that, Captain? Good question. One moment. Oh, I got an order on Etsy. Yay. Nice. I love okay. that. Um, okay. Captain. The first thing that comes up, character from Lost. Nice. I know Aha. him. He has a Wikipedia page. I feel like it's going to be something like Thelonious. Or Thelon- like, <laughs> I don't know. Not Thelonious. Not felonious. <laughs> it doesn't say on his Wikipedia page. So maybe he doesn't have one either. Yeah. That checks out. Enigmas. You know what? Mysterious That captains. makes total sense. They didn't give him a first name because this captain that he got named after didn't have a first name. Yeah. Wow. Genius. Because okay. it probably would have sounded a little stupid if yeah. he was like, mm, my Jeremy. name is Bob Galt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Galt. <laughs> 
so Desmond and Saeed hear some sort of like weird pipe problem or something. And Desmond's like, damn, can they fix that? They really having problems here. <laughs> and Saeed says it's not mechanical. And Desmond says, do you think someone's doing that over and over again? And Saeed's like, yes. What? I don't know what they're talking about. Like I hear the sounds. Yeah. Like my thought is yeah, like. What's the point of somebody uh, doing that? Maybe it's alluding to the fact that, like, later, like what happens later on on the deck when yeah, they get with out of Regina. there. Uh, with Regina. Mm-hmm. And, like, how people are, like, starting to go stir-crazy. And, like, maybe that's okay. what it's alluding to. Yeah. Or, like, is it Morse code and we're just not picking that up? Like, oh, yeah. And it's not obvious. I feel like if it was, it would be on Lostpedia and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't know. I, and maybe it's just, like, an ambiance thing. Because yeah. I'm, like, I thought immediately of, like, the cell later on. But I was, like, no, that looks like I, like an exit wound like, yeah or is it someone like smashing their head against the wall like dude i genuinely like f- when like, I, how tall is this man so yeah he's smashing his head against the wall that high up i thought but also i thought that maybe it could have been like regina just sort of like tapping her head gently against like a wall or something yeah. like that's how crazy she's going or something who knows i don't know but either way I, that's a good point is that it just seems like the whole crew is acting strangely yeah so the doctor shows up Name's Ray. I hate him so much. He makes me so uncomfy. He's just, like, weird. Yeah. He just gives off creepy, weird vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, unsettling creepy weird. Yeah. Not, like, ooky spooky. (laughs) He goes, yeah. Not a cool kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, Like, don't let him come within 10 feet of me, please. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we can maybe keep him away from playgrounds. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he goes, hey, the captain's ready for you. And they're probably like, okay, what took him so long, though? Like, it's been, like, a full day. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, like, at least half a day. But all right. So they go back up on deck and Saeed notices that the helicopter is gone. And Ray says, yep, Lapidus is running an errand. Quotes, running an errand. Where? And Saeed goes, what kind of errand? And Ray's like, that is so far out of my wheelhouse. Um, Nobody told me I'm a doctor. So like, I don't know. And Saeed goes, is he going to the island? And Ray goes, where else is he going to go? Where else is he going to land, buckaroo? Like, what kind of errand requires you to go to the island like yeah. just for vibes like i don't know you want just a coconut for vibes. like yeah. you want a coconut <laughs> yeah saeed goes what's he going to do on the island and ray's like dude when i tell you i yeah, i'm just a doctor man i re- they did not tell me i don't know and i do kind of love this like i mean this is a conversation that's sort of happening in the background and like very quietly because desmond um is seeing regina at this point and so like mm-hmm. it's just sort of like mumbling in the background but i do think it's interesting that ray gets to be like i'm the doctor on this freighter i'm not that important i don't know and jack shows up on this island being like i'm the doctor i'm the most important person here <laughs> it's is, so like cool. so interesting yeah i love it's like see not every doctor has to be the main character jack <laughs> yeah like yeah. is it what's the word dichotomy mm-hmm. between the two mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's cool juxtaposition yeah 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 but desmond at this point is seeing regina like draped in these chains and he is just sort of like watching this happen while ray and saeed are like arguing in the background and saeed says what did lapidus tell you about this errand and he's like nothing i'm not his bestie he doesn't talk to me i don't know i'm not an owl (laughs) yeah exactly i don't know but so desmond runs up and he tries to help regina who he finally like puts together that she's going to jump off the boat basically uh, weighing herself down mm-hmm. so that she doesn't float and she just goes straight to the bottom, um, which is horrifying. Just of all the ways, why? Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. the I would say probably the most like like long way to drag it out. Like, yeah, there's so many other ways she could have gone about doing it. Scary. So Desmond like runs over to try and help 
her and Desmond and Saeed try to help, but the crew does nothing and is just standing there. A really cool fun fact that I grabbed off Lostpedia that I saw on Lostpedia and then I had to like go back and check because I thought it was so cool. You can see Michael on the boat in this scene, um, like before really? he's revealed. Yeah, like you can't see his face or anything, but yeah. it says when Regina jumps off the boat, the camera cuts to a group of people standing at the boat's edge. Michael appears to be like a hooded person. He just sort of has a hood and he seems to be hiding his identity because Saeed and Desmond are right there until he's like forced to confront them later. And so, yeah, you can definitely see him. Like it's totally him when you like put it together. But of course the, that shot happened so quickly that like you yeah, would never you see really. that. Cool. We sort of talked about this in our 402 podcast, but Harold Perrineau had been credited as a main cast member for the previous six episodes, and so most fans had already figured out that he was Ben's spy, so, like, that's really too bad, and it sucks Mm -hmm. that they had to do that, Mm -hmm. um, because it's such a cool reveal if you're not paying attention to that. So, the captain comes onto the deck, and he tells everybody, stop freaking out, we good, she's gone, like, there's nothing we can do now, she's probably, like, 30 feet under the water at this point, like, there's maybe more. Well, what freaks me out is that, like, Literally the only two people that are concerned with that is Saeed and Desmond. Yeah. Like, no one else seems to care. Like, they're all just, mm-hmm. like, standing there. Yeah, two people who had no idea who she even was. Yeah. Like, they're just like, all right, whatever. And it's like, wait a minute, like, this is a member of your crew. Like, you're supposed to, like, have that camaraderie. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, I I don't know. It's so weird to me. Like, it's such a an unsettling thing to yeah. like, see those guys standing in the background just, like, still doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. Seemingly to be, like, one of the only women on these on this ship, and, yeah. um, like, the only other person who even looks over is Ray, who's, like, standing beside Saeed and Desmond. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even rush over no, at all. Exactly. It's just, like, it really shows what everybody's going through here yeah. on this, like, either they're all having their own issues, too, or, like, it's been happening so frequently that everybody's just used to it. Yeah, especially if the doctor's not concerned. Yeah, like. right, exactly. You see Jack, like, the minute oh, Jack would has, be like, in the water. Yeah, he'd be in the water, <laughs> yeah. like, almost drowning himself. Exactly. Because he's trying to get her out. Fully. Very boon of him. Mm-hmm. Very boon of him. That is, oh, you guys rip. may recall, our friend Isra has a bingo card for every episode of this uh, podcast. And um, Robin brings up boon is one of them, so you're welcome. It's been Where a while, I feel like. Bingo. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thought I'd bring, I wasn't going to, and then I was like, for the bingo card. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I probably don't have to talk about it. No, for the bingo card. Yeah, we need to talk about Boone. Yeah. So he's like, stop freaking out. She's already gone. And he goes, hi, I'm the captain. You guys probably have questions. What's up? And they're like, excuse? <laughs> okay. On the commentary, it was said that Zoe, who plays Regina, she did the stunt herself and she did it twice. So wow. good for her. Amazing. She's like a stunt woman who does it. Amazing. Maybe that's why she was reading upside down. No, that was really mean. Because <laughs> she's a stunt woman and has never been to school or what? I don't know why I said that. She's probably very smart. I'm sure she is. So he goes, anyway, what's up? And so he's like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, you wanted to talk, right? And he's like, um, yeah, but like a woman just jumped off the boat and you did nothing. He's like, yeah, if anyone else had jumped in to help, I would have lost more people. So I didn't want to do that. And Desmond's like, yeah, I got a question. What is happening? <laughs> what is happening here? And... Galt says some of the crew have been having some cabin fever issues. Well, <laughs> I know it's Silly weird. Goofy mood. Probably because we're close to the island. And that's sort of what Minkowski was saying in the constant is that like, you know, he talked about having lost Brandon before they even got there. Like Brandon is a character that's only ever talked about by Minkowski. Um, we never see him. Mm-hmm. And like, I sort of wonder if like that bloodstain was Brandon. 
Ooh, like that's sort of like yeah. my head canon is that that goes together. I could see that, but like I said, he's literally only brought up that one time. Yeah. Um, but clearly, even at least at least they've lost one other person at least. Yeah, and then plus Minkowski, and then Regina. Like it's yeah. happening. So they're like, yeah, it's because we're close to the island. And Saeed's like, do you want to like turn around then, <laughs> get a little bit farther away from the island? And the captain says that they can't because someone's sabotaging our stuff and the engines are shot. And the crew is working on repairing it, but mm-hmm. going to be a while probably. Mm-hmm. Saeed says, okay, and then you're going to rescue us? And he goes, no, <laughs> no. Then we're going to move to safer waters because that's what I've been told to do mm-hmm. as my directions, basically. And Saeed's like, I bet you won't even tell us who gives you the directions. And he's like, is that a dare? <laughs> yes, I will then. You double dog dare me? It's Charles Widmore. And Desmond's like, what? That guy. Charles Widmore. <laughs> Which I'm like, that man's got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Why Why is this boat so garbage? Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, mm, why is it such a trash boat then? Mm, yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but I mean, it's fun to see Desmond see this because we learned that last episode. Mm-hmm. Desmond, or Ben told Locke that last episode. So we already knew that, but we didn't, but Desmond didn't know that. And then Captain Galt goes, oh yeah, you knew him. I forgot. I forgot you guys are friends. Anyway, like, <laughs> he's just- like so chill. He is very chill. Like, now watching back, it's, like, suspiciously chill. Yeah. So, before, it was just like, why is everyone hating on this guy? He seems fine. Mm -hmm. And so, he goes and, like, takes them to his room or, like, his captain's quarters or, like, some sort of office that he has, basically. He shows them this metal metal box. Saeed recognizes it as as a flight data recorder, a.k.a. a black box. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yep, this is the black box for Oceanic Flight 815 because it was found at the bottom of the ocean. And it took a lot of Widmore's money to get it. And they found it with the plane with all the dead passengers. Clearly, that's not the whole story because you're, like, looking me in the face right now, Saeed. So (laughs) you know that that's not true. It was obviously staged. And can you imagine how hard it would be to do that and how terrible it is to put families through that when their loved one might not actually be dead? And how does one go about procuring 324 bodies? Now, here's the funny thing. This black box comes from Oceanic Flight 815. A salvage vessel recovered it from the bottom of the ocean. It took a considerable amount of Mr. Widmore's resources to procure it. It was found with the wreckage of the plane, along with all 324 dead passengers. That's not the complete story, as you were well aware, Mr. Gerard, given the fact that you're standing here, breathing. The wreckage was obviously staged. Now, can you imagine what kind of resources and manpower go into pulling off a feat of that magnitude? Faking the recovery of a plane crash. Putting 324 families through a grieving process based on a lie. But what's even more disturbing, where exactly does one come across 324 dead bodies? And that, Mr. Girard, Mr. Hume, It's just one of the many reasons we want Benjamin Linus. So I think what they're trying to imply here is that Ben is the one who did all of that. Yeah. I Like, are those the bodies from the Purge? No, because the bodies from the Purge are in that... Oh, right. They're in that mass grave. ...hole that uh, Ben... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That Ben shot Locke into. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just bodies. 
Yeah. This is... And okay. they're just trying to tell us that Ben did all that. And I guess we don't technically know. Like, in my notes, I was like, well, it's not like Ben did all that. Because, like, we've been watching Ben. Yeah. But, like, I guess we don't know how powerful he is. Or what connections he has. Or what has. connections he has. Yeah. And so it's like, I guess. But that's what they're implying. Is that, like, that's why they want Ben. Is because he's, like... Behind it all. Behind it all. And... I think that must be why Miles thought that he had $3.2 million to spare that he could, like, give him to bribe Miles into, like, just saying that Ben is already dead. But we know that Ben's like, not sure how I'm going to get $3.2 million, but okay. So, like, it really feels like they're working off of not great information. And I wonder if the reason why they're not supposed to trust the captain is because Michael knows, because Michael's working for Ben. Mm -hmm. Michael's the one who gave them the note. I wonder if Captain Galt knows that Ben isn't behind it and that somebody else is. They're looking for a scapegoat. And, like, that's why they're not supposed to trust the captain is because he's purposefully giving them bad information. Mm. It's either that or the captain knows, doesn't know, and is just taking it off the information that he's been given that Ben is the one who did it. I don't know. Mm. Like, it's, it's confusing. Yeah. Either way, don't trust the captain because Michael doesn't want them to think that that's true about Ben. Yeah. <sighs> Because, yeah. you know, Ben and Michael, besties. Besties, best friends, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I wonder how that happened. I have a sneaking suspicion that it will be answered next episode. Mm-hmm. So, Ray takes them later to a new room, and Ray, for some reason, is like, do you like him? Do you like the captain? <laughs> and so he's like, uh, he was honest, I guess. And he's like, yeah, he is. Gay. <laughs> it really felt like Ray was just like, do you like him? I hope you don't like him more than me. Anyway. Yeah, because he's mine. He's mine. The so. boy is mine. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just don't make him mad. We're like, okay, whatever that means. Great. Yeah, it's, no, I don't know. Now, you guys can tell me what this line means because I'm very confused about this and I cannot make any sense of it. So he goes, anyway, enjoy your ro- new room. It's in a quieter part of the ship. Okay? Okay, I'm with him there. Mm-hmm. Then Desmond says, this ship isn't moving. And Ray says, if you say so. Uh, but it's fairly what? obvious that it's not it's moving. N- not moving. But so, but how does that have anything to do with the sound? I do not I understand that I line. I don't either. If anyone gets that line, please let us know. Well, like, maybe because it's... Maybe it's... Wait, no. I don't know. <laughs> Is it maybe because they're, like, in a deeper part of the ship? And yeah. You, like, typically you'd hear the engines down there, but the ship's not moving, so there's no engine noise. Like, I don't know. Okay. That's weird. I wonder if it's because I sort of took it to mean that, like, Ray knows that people are, like, making sound. Like, they, you know, they were up there and they hear mm-hmm. the pipes and they hear people, yeah. like, I don't know, being loud or whatever. Yeah. And so Ray knows that that's happening or something. And it's like, this is a quieter part of the ship. People won't be doing that over here. But then I don't know how that has anything to do with the ship moving or not. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know why Desmond says that. It seems like a weird line. Yeah. Like an out of place line. I didn't yeah. get that. But if anyone understands what that meant, please let us know. Because that line has never made sense to me. I did not get it. Yeah, in the, what, 15 years I've been watching yeah. the show, I still don't know. <laughs> yeah. So he opens the door, and there are a bunch of cockroaches in there. Gross. Horrible. <laughs> I love how Saeed just looks like, oh. Again. Ew. <laughs> and um, on the commentary, they said that it was originally supposed to be rats. Ew. But they decided that cockroaches would make more sense on a boat. Yeah. I feel like rats well, would make more sense on a boat. Oh no. Because you typically, you think like, the Black Plague started yeah. because of rats on a boat. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't Who know. Knows? There you yeah. go. But there's a giant blood stain on the wall, which is like very reminiscent of um, Radzinski in The Swan. Um, you mm. know, Kelvin points up in the season two finale and says that's Radzinski. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's sort of what it reminded me of. And Ray goes, 
damn it. (laughs) Instead of being like, oh my god, oh sorry, and then like closes the door, he just goes, ah shoot. That was supposed to be cleaned. (laughs) Sorry. Um, How forgetful of me. Oopsie. And so he goes, hey Johnson, and we see a man with a mop. And he's like, come mop this. And Kevin Johnson goes, no, sorry, guy, I gotta get on deck. I cannot come over and talk to these people specifically. And Ray goes, no, do it right now. Like, I think it's so funny. <laughs> right? Right this instant. Right this instant, right now. And so, get I think over here. It's, it's so funny that Ray is just like, I'm just the doctor. I'm like so far down the totem pole on this, <laughs> on this boat. And he's like, but one person I can talk down to is Kevin. <laughs> I'm Kevin's boss. I'm Kevin's boss. I'm no one else's boss but Kevin. But I can talk down to Kevin. So he goes, no, you come to it right now. And then he walks over and it turns out it's Michael. Bum, 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 bum. Truly. (laughs) And so Saeed and Desmond are introducing themselves. And it's funny because you're like, oh my gosh, both of them must be so flabbergasted and everything. But Ian plays it like... He doesn't really know him, which guess what? He doesn't. Yeah. Did you know Desmond and Michael have never had a scene together? They haven't met. Really? Straight up, like, Ian is like, hi, nice to meet you. Because Desmond and Michael have never met. I... Wow. That's right. They haven't. Yeah. Meanwhile, Saeed playing it so cool. (laughs) Saeed's like, hello, my name is Saeed. (laughs) (laughs) Just like alarm bells going off in his head. I'm like... Like, watching it the other day, I was, like, sitting there, I'm like, how does, like, the doctor have no idea that these two know each other? They're being fairly obvious. It's like looking at someone, you're like, nice to meet you for the first time. (laughs) I have no idea who who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in my mind, like, new headcanon about Ray. Ray is my new favorite character. Um, and he, he's just so up in his own little world that he's like, I totally told Kevin. He's like, I, I totally told Kevin. And then writing, like, Mrs. Catter Golf. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I know that we say there's like only one gay character and you guys will never believe this, but it's actually re- revealed next episode who the like one canon gay character is on this show. But um, that's actually not true because now we have Ray. <laughs> we were head canon Ray. Yes, there are two. Yeah. Well, oh, it's like, you know, like that TikTok. It's like Epcot ball. Yeah. <laughs> Epcot. But Ray's like Captain, Captain Galt. <laughs> So now all is revealed who's been doing all the stuff. He's like the saboteur. He's like, I feel like Saeed immediately has so many more answers than anybody else on this ship Mm -hmm. has, but he's like, not going to rat out his bud. Yeah. And Desmond's like, nice to meet you, stranger. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. You seem like a nice man. Yeah. Hello, Kevin. Yes. So on Lostpedia, it said, Michael is called to clean up bloodstains just as he offered to clean up the blood of Anna Lucia and Libby after shooting them in three minutes interesting and then also oh great i already brought this up the blood on the wall in saeed and desmond's room mirrors radzinski's blood in the swan i'm a genius already got it um and i do believe that's the last freighter scene but Mm. huge huge cliffhanger yeah one of the things that they were talking about in the commentary is like dan i think was saying that like he feels like a lot of people who are like really obsessed with the mystery box of the show like don't really care for the jin and sun episodes because he said that most of them are about like relationships or Mm -hmm. don't really move the plot along as much it's like almost always just like about sun and jin's relationship Mm -hmm. which i think is beautiful but i get why maybe it would be frustrating 
exciting. Yeah, it's like when you're watching a really good anime and yeah. there's the filler episodes. Yeah. Like, it, it kind of has that mm-hmm. energy, but it, I enjoy every minute of them. Yeah, They're, sure. like, my favorite couple. It's like, I guess if Sun and Jin aren't your favorites, I get why you'd be annoyed by that, but, like, why aren't Sun and Jin your favorites? Yeah, because <laughs> it's way more wholesome. Yeah, take a look at that. Like, yeah. than any other relationship on the show, yeah. like, except so, for uh, Rose and Bernard. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, maybe some self-reflection as to why you don't like Sun and Jin. Mm-hmm. Just get, get, get a hold of me whenever you're ready um but dan said that like what's nice about this episode is that it's about that but there's also some plot stuff happening on the Mm -hmm. freighter and so like there's something for everybody in this one yes yeah uh anything else about the freighter before we move on to the island storyline no i just want to be invited to the wedding oh great yeah yeah let's uh oh between ray and captain galt yeah Yeah. damn right (laughs) they're true love true love maybe um unrequited love yeah Uh, (laughs) sad Poor Ray. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to do my summary for the island storyline. Where did my dog go? Oh, he's here. <laughs> he's sleeping. <laughs> he, he's also white like the couch, so I didn't see him. <laughs> I was just like, where is he? Right here. He's teeping. Okay. Sun and Jin sit together by the fire. Jin wants to choose a baby name, but Sun says they should do it once they get off the island. The next morning, Kate gets back and tells Sun what happened last episode. <laughs> That's what, she said that exactly. She goes, so last episode, Charlotte hit me. Sun says, uh, we can't trust these people to help us. She goes to talk to Dan, who doesn't really have any answers as to if they're going to get off the island or not. Jin talks to Jack about how his English lessons are going, and then Sun shows up to tell Jin that they are leaving to go to Locke's camp. Later, Sun is going through the medical supplies looking for some more prenatal vitamins. Juliet approaches and wonders where she's going because she should still have 20 left. Sun is forced to reveal that she and Jin are leaving. She doesn't trust what Juliet says about her baby. Kate draws a map for them and sends them off. Juliet says, uh-uh, and tries to stop them again. Explaining that Sun's in danger doesn't work, so she reveals that Sun had an affair and wasn't sure whose baby it was. Sun slaps Juliet and Jin storms off. Sun catches up to him, but he won't let her explain. Bernard asks to go fishing with Jin, not realizing that they're kind of in the middle of something, but Jin wants Bernard to come. Out in the boat, Bernard tells Jin about Rose's condition, and he talks about karma and why they chose to go with Jack. That night, Jin comes back to Sun and forgives her. He knows that the wrong she did was to the man he was before the island, and it was his fault that he pushed her to that point. He confirms if the baby is really his, and she says it is, and they cry and hug together. Oof. It's a lot. I love them. Beautiful. Uh, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I cried when I first watched that episode. Oh, yeah. Even, like, now, mm-hmm. I get all misty-eyed. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So, Sun is by the fire, and Jin is sitting with her, and he's like, hey, what's up? And <laughs> she's like, Said and Desmond have been gone for three days and haven't come back. And he's like, yeah, they're probably coming back with the ship. It'll be good. Um, but we should talk about something more important, which is baby names. And she says that it's bad luck to talk about that right now, and she wouldn't want to jinx him the baby and Jin goes no it's a girl baby and it turns out he's right Jin says that he wants to name yeah (laughs) Jin says that he wants to name her Ji Yun and Sun says she loves it but she wants to pick a name after they're off the island Mm -hmm. um and they shake on it and it's a good thing that he said that or else she wouldn't know what to call the baby Mm-hmm. because true clearly he's not around for when the baby is actually born um okay yeah so uh steven the director said in the commentary that it was a disorienting experience to direct his first episode in a language that he didn't know mm-hmm. um it's like his first episode ever directing tv and he just had to like try his best <laughs> in the korean scenes he was like i just like sort of counted lines and i paid attention to like your facial expressions expressions to try and understand what you were saying um but he said it was definitely weird um which i get that but be, he did be, such a good job he did a great it. Like, job. you could yeah. not tell that that would have been his first time shooting yeah. with someone speaking another language yeah. like it's 
it's so well shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you also like, luckily we're all the way in season four. And so it's easy to trust Yunjin and Dan with it, knowing that yes. like, they're going to do a good job either For way. Sure. And they have excellent on-screen chemistry. Like, Absolutely. They, they oh, so good. are a well-oiled machine at this point. Yes. So. Yeah. So the next morning, Sun wakes up Jin and she says that Jack and Kate are back. So they find Kate and they ask what's up. Jin says what happened in English. And it kind of sounds like Dan's just like normal accent. Like he really <laughs> mm-hmm. is just like, what happened? <laughs> I'm like, what happened there? What happened also to, your to you? Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So Kate reveals that Charlotte had knocked her out and son's like, what? She hit you? And she's like, yeah, when I met them from Locke's camp. And son asks why. And here's the thing. She's going to do another one this episode, but like Sun has a bit of a reputation for doing some of the most slapping in this whole series. Oh God, yeah. yeah. And so like the fact that she's like, why would Charlotte hit you? I'm kind of like, buddy. Girl. Girl. <laughs> Who are you to talk? Look in the mirror. Dude, you need some self-reflection. Come on. <laughs> Kate says she probably just didn't want to explain what they were doing because they were heading to a poison gas station, but Juliet lied and said it was a power station. Mm-hmm. And I guess she's just, you know, used to lying. It's just a thing she does. Yeah. Just Ooh. quirky things. Silly Oopsie. goofy quirky yeah it's like sometimes kate and juliet are friends but you can definitely see that there's still some tension tension some bad blood there yeah yeah obviously obviously so sun goes why were they even going there and kate says that they deactivated the gas to like earn some brownie points or something and sun says are they actually going to help us and kate says they've talked about a lot doing a lot of things but they've never talked about actually rescuing us and sun's like okay well it's important for me to get rescued so I'm going to go get some more information. Yeah. I cannot She's believe like, mm-hmm. that Sun has just been walking around with like, like being marked for death, basically. Mm-hmm. Like it just hasn't been brought up. Yeah. Yeah. She's just vibing. Like, I can't believe this is the first one this season we're actually like talking about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Sun approaches Dan and she introduces herself and he does the same and he goes, um, can I help you? They're so cute. I love Dan. You guys know how much I love Dan. What? And she goes, I know. Wait, you like Dan? I know. And so she goes, I'm two months, pre- I'm two months pregnant. And he goes, oh, okay. Um, that's great for you. <laughs> Thanks so much for telling me. I mean, um, congratulations. <laughs> and um, I'm going to do really well with this news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't know if the Freighter people know about the pregnancy thing. You know, so it's like... I think Dan must have some sort of idea. You think? I I don't know. He seems like he knows a lot more more about the island than he lets on. That's fair. I guess, like, if he knew that, like, pregnant women died, then maybe he would be more, like, inclined to try and do something else about it. You know what I mean? True. But he's also an awkward dude. He's also, like, I am... Like, just like Ray. Just like my friend Ray. He's just, like, (laughs) I'm really far down, like, the... The totem pole. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I don't know. I think like maybe in this moment he's hearing that and maybe he knows he's like heard stories or something. I don't know about like yeah. what happens to pregnant women on the island. And like in that yeah. moment he's like, oh no, I don't have enough authority to ensure your safety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the commentary, they were talking about Jeremy who plays Dan and how much they love uh, his tie and how he's just always wearing his tie, even though he's on a deserted island and how great his energy is and how great he is to work with. And that's just so lovely to hear that he's a good guy. What an angel. So Sun goes, yeah, okay. So um, are you going to get me off this island so I can have a baby not on this island? And Dan goes, boo, it's not really up to me. <laughs> she's like okay cool thanks bye she goes who's it up to and he goes <laughs> and she goes okay bye yeah i love this scene so much it's probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole yeah. episode just because he's just like standing there like awkward yeah. and she's just like well yeah 
He's so funny, you guys. Like, literally, I love him so much. I love Dan for a million reasons. Like, I remember, I think it was in 402 or something, where they were like, hey, why do you have gas masks in your bag? And he goes, um, I'm not in charge of packing. (laughs) So, I don't know. (laughs) He's the best. But, so, I love Dan. But if you've ever watched any of, like, my short films that I made in film school or, like, read anything that I've written, you know that I live for awkward comedy. Mm -hmm. Awkward comedy is, like, my bread and butter. I love awkward comedy. I think it's so funny. And that's this scene, and that's Dan, and that's probably why I love Dan so much, is that, like, I love, uh, we're both standing here awkwardly, and then one of us walks away. Like, that's hilarious. It is. I mean, we've had, we had, what, a YouTube channel for three years pretty much just dedicated to, like, awkward Awkward funny. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No one go look for it. Thanks. Yeah, please don't. Um, <laughs> so Jin uh, asks Jack to pass the cereal in English. And Jack is like, you're doing such a good job. This is Jack's only scene this episode. I love it. Um, which is another reason why we probably really like this episode <laughs> is because Jack's just vibing in the background the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so Jack's like, good job. And Jin says, thank you. I'm understanding it better than I speak it, which is definitely normal. I feel like that's oh God, like yeah. totally the first step when you're learning a new language. So Jack says, is Sun teaching you or are you just like figuring it out yourself? And he's like, Sun is teaching me. Um, Sawyer is also teaching me, but um, Sun is like a better teacher. And Jack's like, that makes total sense. Yeah, dude, I get it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. It'd be funny though if Sawyer was the only person teaching Jin how to speak English because it'd be like, oh my God, Southern twang yeah. like, all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instead of like pass the cereal, he'd be like, give me that cereal, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> that is not how learning a language works, oh, no. but I think that would be funny. It would be funny. Howdy, give me cereal, please. Yeah. Oh. Can you pass uh, the cereal? Pretty good English, Jin. Thank you. I understand better than I speak. Has son been teaching you or are you just picking it up? Son teach me. Uh, Sawyer too. Son is better. I bet. So Sun shows up and Jack's like, hey, how are you doing? And she goes, good. The morning six- sickness is gone, which is good. I recently rewatched DOC with my parents because I'm doing a like long-winded rewatch with my parents, which I'm pretty sure I've brought up every single episode so far this season. <laughs> Just gotta keep everyone in the loop. Yeah, but we re- recently watched DOC and... After I had done my notes for this, we watched DOC and Jack comes to Sun in like the very first episode or the first scene in DOC and is like, hey, how you doing? And she goes, oh, good. Morning sickness is gone. And he's like, that's good. Uh, uh, I'm like, so we already knew that the morning sickness is gone. That's the same conversation twice. So I looked it up and DOC takes place 10 days before this episode. So her morning sickness has been gone a while. I guess. Weird that they... They just haven't talked at all. Yeah. Yeah. And Sun is like, hey, Jack, I am being so normal right now. Hee hee. Have no plans to do anything. Nice to see you. Yeah. So Jack says, Kate, let me know if you need anything. And he goes. And Sun turns to Jin and goes, do what I say. Find food for two days. Meet me in 20 minutes. We're going to lock. Dun, dun, dun. And I think it like that they cut to commercial and it's good stuff. I, side note, Mm -hmm. I am a firm, strong partner of the anti-lock club. Mm. I he is my least favorite character in the entire show. Oh my god, Maria, cover your ears. Yeah, Maria, don't I listen. I know. I'm sorry cuz I know people love him, mm-hmm. but I just there's something about him that just makes me so mad. Well, and that's fair. <laughs> like like that I think that that's what's he's great about been, this yeah, show though like, he's is that like so many stupid things mm-hmm. and like then there's like all these like, redeeming parts of him yeah. that I do acknowledge, but it's just 
out of everyone that's mm-hmm. still alive. Yeah. I'm just like, mm, that guy. But I think that's great also because, like, that's why there's, like, it's such a good ensemble show Mm -hmm. because like there are so many options to like uh, a couple people from work have been watching the show for the first time and then they tell me how they feel about it Mm -hmm. and they all hate well i wonder who asked them to do that wow it probably wasn't me and i not me telling all my clients at work to (laughs) watch lost yeah exactly but you know they're like they all hate shannon and i have to (gasps) no i have to keep my mouth closed and be like she really grows on you, though, if you watch it again. Really, you know? she does. At the older I get, the more I relate to her, and I more I understand her. You yes, because it's a trauma mm-hmm. response. Yeah. Well, when I was watching the show for the first time, I was 15. Yeah. And she was 20. Like, the character was 20, yeah. right? So I was like, why is this adult making all these stupid decisions? Mm-hmm. And now I watch the show at 28, and I'm like, that's just a kid yeah, who's she's trying her best. Exactly. Like, yeah. She's mm-hmm. young. Like, mm-hmm. she's she, she obviously hasn't, like, experienced a lot. And mm-hmm. this is extremely traumatic. Yeah. And, like, she's compartmentalizing with it, which mm-hmm. is totally understandable. Because I think I was like, oh, God, how old was I? When did the show start? 2004. Yeah, so I I started watching it in 2007. Seven, I think, was when the was season, season three, three was, finale. Yeah, yeah it was seven. Like, the, like May 2007. And I went back and watching it, and I just... She, she made me so angry, because yeah. I was like 13, mm-hmm. and I was like, you're supposed to be an adult, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's the same thing. Like, now as an adult, I'm just like, oh, you sweet child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, and also, you're Liam Neeson's daughter. You should know better. Yeah. <laughs> true so in the commentary steven said it was so fun and relaxed and together i had been editing scenes on the beach for three years so to actually be there i felt like i was coming home in a way so i found it you know invigorating and kind of a harmonious experience shooting there the biggest challenge for me was on the scouting part of the process where you go to the location that you're going to shoot at and the expectation is in being there for a relatively short amount of time you'll figure out where the camera's going to go and how you'll block the scene which is something that you're completely unfamiliar with as an editor so that part of the process i thought was actually the most foreign to me was figuring out like the shot list and stuff cool interesting so sun heads to like the medical tent i guess Mm -hmm. and uh juliet shows up and Juliet's like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, and she says, oh, hello. Yes. She like had an excuse ready. And I was, I respect that. But she was like, I know exactly what I'm going to say. If someone comes in. Yeah. So, oh, hello. Yes. I was looking for another bottle of prenatal vitamins that you gave me. And Juliet's like, okay, well, you could have just asked. And she's like, you are so right. <laughs> yes. I really sorry about that. Yeah. So Juliet goes, did you like lose the other ones? There should be like 20 of them left. Are you going somewhere? And like, I know that she's the doctor, but if I was son, I'd be like, you counted my vitamins now? Yeah. You counted my vitamins? But like also it makes sense because they have such limited resources. Yes, absolutely. True. Still sus. So she goes, oh, are you like going somewhere? And son's like, can I just have them? Please stop asking questions. Can I just give, can just give them to me, please? And Juliet's like, no. And so son says, fine, we're going to lock because I don't trust these people. And Juliet goes, well, even if you don't trust them, you can't go because Locke doesn't want to leave this island. And if you don't leave this island, you're going to die. Like, do you not believe me? (laughs) Son's like, yeah, I heard you lie the last episode. And Juliet's like, I know that I've lied since I've been here, but I would never lie about this. Like, please, please Mm -hmm. trust me. We have, you know, I went and I did your ultrasound. We're friends, right? Please trust me with this. And Son says, Claire's baby is fine. And all I have is like your stories as evidence. And so I think that this is what's best for us because I don't trust you. And so I'm going to go. And she takes the vitamins. On the commentary, Yoonjin said that it was uh, her birthday when they shot this scene and everyone's saying happy birthday to her. (laughs) 
I that is so sweet. I love that like you must have like I mean they they shoot these scenes for such a long time. So mm-hmm. I feel like every single scene that they watch you have like memories of like the day that you shot that. Yeah. You know, I just think that's so interesting. I love that. And in the commentary, Dan said, I love the fact that Sun's character has really developed into somebody who starts making decisions for herself and is even starting to dictate what happens to the couple. She's saying, meet me in 10 and 20 minutes. And Jin's like, okay. And that never would have happened in the first season. Yeah, no. So I thought that, that was cool. No, God, no. Because they were, he was still so like in that traditional Asian relationship. Yeah. So it's it's nice to see how much growth mm-hmm. he has. And I, I genuinely think he has some of the biggest growth as a Absolutely. character. Absolutely. So Kate is drawing Jin and Sun a map to the barracks. And Kate's like, I am going to have to tell Jack, but I will give you a head start. Which I think is totally fair. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Totally fair. And it's also sort of a reference to what Kate did. Um, because uh, that's what her father did for her and what Kate did. She went to go visit her dad, who's like not really her dad. It was the da- guy who raised her. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says he's gonna have to call the police but he'll give her a head start so there you go son says i would tell him myself but he wouldn't get it and kate's like you're right he wouldn't get it no he wouldn't yeah so then they hug because they might not see each other again if not for like a really long time and they're friends which is really nice Mm -hmm. and kate tells them to be safe but then juliet shows up and she goes you ain't going nowhere yeah (laughs) i don't think so and son's (laughs) like what do you think you're doing (laughs) son's like literally this is none of your business and juliet tries to explain to Jin like the medical consequences that may arise if they go and asks son to translate and she goes no (laughs) which i I think is so funny because Jin can probably like completely understand her like so she's just like doing this to be spiteful to juliet for sure and i know my husband can understand but flipping you off (laughs) it's her prerogative to say no like i'm not a translator Mm -hmm. especially when it's not in her interests to do so Mm -hmm. but it also makes me feel so bad for Jin that like at any given moment if she just decides not to do it yeah then he doesn't it's it's very selfish. Yeah, yeah. So Juliet says if she doesn't leave this island in three weeks, she will die. And yeah, like you just said, Jin just told Jack that he understands fairly well. So mm-hmm. he probably totally gets this. I mean, he's able to have that conversation with Bernard later, so. Yeah. They try to walk away, but Juliet won't let them. And Sun, in Korean, says to Jin, don't mind, come on. It doesn't have a subtitle because they're not in a conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what she said is don't mind, come on. So basically, never mind, let's go. And Juliet says she's in danger. And Jin says... It doesn't matter. I go where Sun goes, and she's the one who made this decision, so we're going. Yeah. And Juliet goes, okay. So she reveals that Sun had an affair, and Sun had thought that the baby might be that other guy's and not Jin's. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jin ever learns that it was Jai, like Jay Lee who was. No, the I person, don't think he but, ever does. Yeah. Back when I didn't like Juliet, you guys know that I have grown. Yes. But back when I didn't like Juliet, this was like my number one reason for not liking her. Honestly, fair. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. Like I was like, as doctor patient confidentiality, a Juliet stan. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. This was not her. I. Her decision to make. No. And not her best moment. Mm -hmm. And I, I also love Juliet. So yeah, (laughs) I'm a Juliet stan, but I, I might've went. (laughs) And like, I get it. That's it's her last resort. But, mm-hmm. like, that could destroy their relationship, though. Yeah, like, that's not your place. Like, maybe it would save Sun's life, but, like, if they all get off this island, did it destroy their relationship and then that baby doesn't have a dad, though? Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, you're like, not thinking this through. You're thinking as, like, a how can I get back as quickly as possible? Yeah. Not thinking through the whole situation. Mm-hmm. I do think 
the like saving grace is not just the slap that immediately follows because that is uh-huh. also not great. Yeah. No. But the fact that like we just saw the other woman and like a Juliet mm-hmm. episode all about yeah. I mean it wasn't all about like her research on the island but like in that episode we saw her like lose another patient so we at least yeah. have context for understanding her like desperation mm-hmm. 100% of like trying to save just like one pregnant woman yeah yeah you know it doesn't make it right but we at least understand why she did it yeah which i like that they have this scene later on after we've had that context because i feel like without that context like it 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 doesn't feel right yeah which i mean it doesn't anyways but now it's like well i see her desperation yeah it's like okay i see why she made this decision it was not the right decision but we get it yeah and actually like i'll talk about this now because yunjin like in that scene where juliet goes to sun and like explains how important it was and stuff yunjin said that she was like really surprised at the audience reaction to this to this episode and how everybody was like really mad at juliet because yunjin said in her eyes that conversation between Juliet and Sun completely absolved Juliet of what she did. Yeah. Which is, like, great for her. I get why other people might be, like, really upset about that. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yunjin didn't expect people to be as mad at Juliet as um, as they were when that episode aired. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sun slaps Juliet. Sun? Yikes. Kind of a slapper. We've. I think that... If, kind of. <laughs> if you, like, did, a, like, a graph of all the slaps in the show... Sun probably does the most. Sun would be off the charts. 70%. Yeah. Yeah. Good. At least 70 to 80%. It's like Sun and Kate and hmm, mostly Sun. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like. like, It's mostly Sun. I can only think Oh, Claire does one. Oh, yeah. Claire does one. Um, Oh, Claire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's no Claire in this. No Claire episode. But it's interesting because there is like a little blooper where they had to do a bunch of reshoots for this um, scene because there was a problem with the film, I guess. And so she, like, Yoonjin said that she had to slap Liz, like, way more times than usual and she felt bad about it. (laughs) Oh my god. But uh, you can tell because Juliet's injuries, like, on her face are gone right before she gets slapped because of the reshoots. They accidentally didn't do the makeup properly for that part, I guess. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So that's good. It's such a small detail that... Oh yeah, it's a a real quick shot. And I was watching with a fine tooth comb the other day. (laughs) Eagle eyes. Yeah. Uh, So Jin is upset and he goes back to the beach and like i guess but like juliet like sun could still leave though like yeah. if she's just like well she could just keep going you know like yeah i guess juliet was just hoping that she wouldn't and i guess that worked out but also sun acts so guilty mm-hmm. if i was sun i mean i wouldn't do that crap but like no. if i was sun i'd turn around and i'd be like you're making stuff up now you are so desperate to get me to stay here. That's not even true. Yeah, like she could have gone that route, but I am glad she mm-hmm. didn't because what I learned from like rewatching this episode is that 90% of these people's problems could be resolved by proper communication. Yeah. Yep. And like, that's why I'm glad to see her just immediately like, yes, this happened. It's so much, it it's was, healing it the is. way that it ended up. Because there's so much like, skirting around issues and like changing details and gaslighting in this show between characters where it's just like this is so nice to see this honesty come through yeah i love it that's why i love this couple so much because they have all this beautiful growth yes yeah and yeah uh yun also said that she's actually totally on juliet's side here and she ended up saving saving son's life so um Jin was happy she's oh, like 100%. i didn't get i didn't get killed off it was great i loved yeah. it <laughs> so sun goes after Jin, and he ignores her she tries to explain that it was like a long time ago and i'm like well i mean it can't have been that long ago if you thought it might have been his baby yeah, yeah. right 
She says, I get that you're mad. I have no excuse. Um, he leaves. Bernard shows up and he goes, oh, hey, Jen, are you going fishing? Can I come? <laughs> oh, bless his heart. Oh, oh yeah. Bernard. He's like, oh, shoot. Oops, sorry. And he's like, no, please come and distract me from my sorrow. Yeah. Let's go. And then they go. Let's have some yeah. real chats. Jin and Bernard are fishing on one of like the outriggers. I think that that's the one that Sawyer and Kate brought over with Carl mid like mid season three. Yes, I think um, so. I'm pretty sure that's the one. But then at some point in Greatest Hits or something, like Carl brought another outrigger as well. I had this whole thing. I like wrote these notes last Sunday and I was like, I had this whole freak out where I was just like, wait, don't they have two boats? What's going on? Cause Carl also brought one. And then I was like, how did Carl get back from the Hydra? Or get back onto the Hydra because they took him off the Hydra. And then I realized that at the end of season three, it's because he was going around the island and not in between the two islands. Mm. So anyway, I'm pretty sure they have two outriggers. Yeah. Right now. So Bernard says, hey, we're the only two married guys here. And he shows his ring and he's like, see, married, remember married? You know what that word means? (laughs) Um, But not to each other. And I'm like, okay, Bernard. Bernard says no homo. Got it. <laughs> He's such an awkward middle-aged man. Yeah. I love him. Like, But he means so well. Yeah. Like, I feel like Jin's like, yeah, I get it. Like, sorry, I, I accidentally pointed to you. Like, everyone assumes that Jin doesn't understand stuff, you know? He, but he he's like, a heck of a he's lot like, more. I know what that, I know what married means, right? Yeah. And so he's like, oh yeah, married. And he just sort of points and Bernard's like, not to each other, Jin. And Jin's like, I know, that's not what I was saying, but okay. <laughs> so Bernard says, it's not very easy being married. Like, it's wonderful, but it's very difficult. <sighs> anyway, time to trauma dump. So... <laughs> He says, Rose has cancer. She was dying, but she said this place cured her. And Jin fully understands. Like, you can tell. He's completely following the story. Dan in the commentary said that he has to do, like, homework sometimes to decide which words Jin does and doesn't understand. Smart. Um, Like, he'll go through the script and decide how much Jin can glean from what what the other characters are saying, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. But Dan said that a word like cancer is universal, and so he definitely knew what that meant. Yeah. Bernard says that he thought that Rose would want to go with Locke because she wanted to stay on the island. And Jin says, then why are you here with Jack? And Bernard says, because it was the right thing to do, because Locke is a murderer. And it's about karma. Rose has cancer. She's sick. Dying. Well, at least she was dying. She says she's better now. She says it's this place. The island. But when the camp split up, I was sure that she'd want to go with Locke. Why would she want to leave the island and risk getting sick again? Then why do you stay with Jack? Because it was the right thing to do. Locke, he's a murderer. See, it's all about karma, Jim. Do you know karma? Bernard Swifty confirmed. <laughs> Bernard says, bad choices, bad things happen, good choices, good things. Jin, in the words of Taylor Swift, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. She's a genius, Jin. <laughs> Was Taylor Swift even making music at this point? No. <laughs> so he had a premonition. He's like, there's going to be this girl. And, you know, these are some lyrics from a song she's going to write. Several, several years from now. Yeah. Yes. You know, I'm never leaving this place, but I know about Taylor Swift. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
It's about karma, Jin. And then Jin catches a fish and he says, that must mean we're the good guys, which is so sweet. And I love Bernard so much, especially he's so because wholesome. he's a Swifty and I relate to him. <laughs> Look at um, those Foreman head cannons left yep. right in this episode. <laughs> Uh, on Lostpedia, it said, Jin and Bernard's conversation about marriage on the Outrigger contrasts the position that the positions that the two men are in. Jin wants Rescue to come to the island to save his wife, whose life is in danger if she remains on the island. Bernard, on the other hand, is concerned about Rescue coming for himself and Rose, whose cancer could return if she were to leave the island. So they're both sort of in opposite positions, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. But they still relate to each other. Yeah, they have the good common ground. Mm. They do. They're just buds. They're just good boys. Yeah. Nice. So Juliet approaches son and she goes, sorry, <laughs> but I had to stop you. And son goes, it wasn't really your place to do that. And she's like, so fair, but like, we all need to get off this island, especially mm-hmm. you. And son's like, wait, do you want to leave this island? And Juliet's like, bro, yes, I want to leave this island so bad, please. <laughs> she's like, I don't know if that boat is going to help us or not, but at least it's something that's changing. That's different. Yeah. That might give us a chance. So she explains that in about three weeks, she's going to be nauseous all the time. And then in one week later, shortness of breath that won't go away. One week later, unconscious in a coma. And then she'll die. And then so will the baby. And then we won't have you. We won't have the baby, which is what we don't want. And I know it's none of my business, but also it is my business because you're my patient. And oh my God, please. I want you somebody to live, please. Yeah. <laughs> please, just once. We have no idea if Juliet got off the island at this point right we only know that son is right so like who knows if juliet even knows yeah we only know two of the people that got off the island in this episode in this episode yeah Yeah. Um, at this point at at this point we know we have jack kate saeed hurley and son for sure yeah and aaron if they choose him as a one of the oceanic six maybe there's another secret one and i think they sort of do that in the flashbacks or yeah in the flashbacks is that they sort of imply that Jin is like the sixth member of the oceanic six right Mm -hmm. so it's sort of like still up in the air up in the air in if uh (laughs) sorry Um, no but so basically she's like it is my business because you're my patient oh what i was saying is that um juliet doesn't even know necessarily if Juliet gets off or not, mm-hmm. um, if the pregnancy worked out, if Juliet had the baby or if, Ju- if son had the baby, you know, yeah. she doesn't actually even know. So that night, Jin finds son in a tent and he made dinner for them. And son says, will you please let me explain? And Jin doesn't even want to hear it. He says, it doesn't matter because I know why you did it. The man that I used to be before we came here, I was a bad husband for many reasons. And you cheated on that man. You didn't cheat on me. And his actions are the reasons why that happened. And I forgive you. <sighs> my heart yeah it is so like i don't want to say enlightened but wow Mm. that is such a like smart mature yeah yeah like understanding response to that yeah like it just really shows how changed this place has made Mm -hmm. him and how self-aware he's become which is so cool yeah we're getting lots of good gin content oh On the commentary, Dan said that the translation is actually a little bit different there than what he said. Instead of saying something like, you cheated on that man and his actions caused this, Dan said that what he actually said was something like, I know all of this is my fault. Oh. Um, Then Yoonjin said that's one of the challenges of doing Korean scenes because you're trying to get the right type of translation so that the English lines are really good, well serving to the plot and then the Korean lines are also accurate. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to find a good combination of something that makes sense for both of those things. So yeah. So sweet. So Jin says, I will go with you to lock if that's what you want to do. And Sun goes, 
no, Juliet came and talked to me again and I changed my mind. (laughs) So we really actually do need to get out of here. And Jin says that he will protect them both, but then asks if it's his baby and she says that it is, which we know is true. Yes. And Dan said in the commentary that it says a lot about Jin that he promised to protect the baby and protect Sun before asking if it was even his baby. He promised to do it even if it wasn't his baby. If it was Jay Lee's baby, he still would have taken care of the baby, which is really lovely. And then, you know, she says that she thought that he was gone and he said he would never ever leave her. Cute. She's so lovely and beautiful. Um, and that's the that's the island, you guys. Oof. Um, before we get to our different two different types of flashes, uh, I'm gonna talk to you guys real quick about Patreon. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Our Patreon is patreon.com/slash/theaficionados. Um, and if you want to check it out. Maybe you should. I don't know. Uh, We have uh, monthly donations over there, and we have a couple of really cool tiers that you can join. The $1 tier is early access to every single podcast. You get this one a whole week in advance. Um, $2 is our Discord server. $5 is 10% off at three different small businesses, mine, Casey's, and Brittany's. Um, And then our $10 level is our Patreon-only podcast, which comes out every two weeks. We talk for about 45 minutes, and um, people really like it. I'm people. So that's Patreon. (laughs) So that's Patreon. It's delightful. If you can't help us out on Patreon, check out the small businesses. They're all in the description. And if you can't do that, just recommend us to a friend because that is free and it still really helps. And if even if you don't do any of those things, I still really appreciate you listening. But also tell someone. (laughs) But also share the wealth. Recommend us. We're great. Hello. Yeah. Uh, As someone who is sitting here uh, recording with them, they are fantastic. (laughs) Thanks. And check out their small businesses. (laughs) That'd be great. All right, you guys. So now we are going to cover the flashback and the flash forward separately. And Casey covered both of those. We're going to start with the flashback. Yeah. We see a flashback of Jin running eagerly into a toy store looking for a stuffed panda. He explains that he's in a hurry to get to the hospital. And the store clerk assumes Jin is heading to the maternity ward and that the panda is a gift for his wife. Hey, that's one nosy guy. Next, he's running down the street with the panda trying to hail a taxi. He puts the panda in the taxi when he gets a call on his cell phone. And in the worst stroke of luck literally ever, a stranger bumps into Jin, sending his phone flying into the street, immediately getting run over by a motorcycle. Then the stranger gets into the taxi, which (laughs) rides away with the panda. Jin chases it, but no luck. He flees back into the store to get another panda, but the clerk says, sorry, that was the only one. And Jin is like, um, dude, there's literally one right behind you. (laughs) But the clerk says, "Mm, that one is on hold. They're very popular, you know. Jin throws down a whole wad of cash, demanding the panda. We see Jin finally arrive at the hospital, panda in hand, where it's revealed he's there on behalf of his boss. Sent to give him, sent to gift, sent... Let me just start. Sorry I messed you up by saying hand nope, up. that's okay. <laughs> I, I messed myself up. Hand of the panda. We see Jin finally... Oh my god. We see Jin finally arrive at the hospital, panda in hand, where... <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just thinking about hand up. Panda Panda. Where it's revealed he's there on behalf of his boss, sent to give a gift to an ambassador as a symbol of their loyalty and desire to do business with him. The ambassador says he'll give Jin's boss a call, and Jin walks about walks out of the hospital relieved. That was rough. <laughs> yeah, and it turns out he's only been married for two months. Womp womp womp. It's a flashback. Whoa, wild. Wild. Whoa, 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 whoa. Honestly, great writing. Another banger from Adam and Eddie. I gotta say. Oh my it's god, true. that whole like at the end there, I sat there like 
jaw dropped. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I will say. Because it would not. They had me bamboozled. Yeah. It, it would it, never it, occur no. to you that they're doing seamless. two different types of, of flashbacks. Ah, like never. how, in what world would you ever consider that? I, I, I think up until this point, it yeah. was flashbacks or flash forwards. Right. There was no in between. Like, right. It was like, it, it's crazy. Cause you're like, okay, now we're in season four. It's mm-hmm. the season of flash forwards. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, uh, what? <laughs> it's so smart. It's so smart. And like, oh, it's so smart. The only other one that I can like actually think of off the top of my head that Adam and Eddie wrote was um, Expose. Um, but like, I think that they're so good at doing episodes that are like slightly off kilter of what they usually do. Like yeah. not bottle episodes, but they're just like really good at doing the sort of like not even like themed episodes you know what i mean though like the episodes that are like just different yeah they have a very unique um way about them yeah yeah you can pick them out yeah easily as like i know who did this one you're like ah genius once again once upon a time boys (laughs) oh my god i'm currently rewatching that show and that's a whole other can of worms yeah yeah so Jin goes into a store looking at toys. You guys know that when when there's a flashback that's like later than like 2000, you know people are going on to Lostpedia to tell them what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. You know. So on Lostpedia it said, the first scene of Jin in the toy store shows items on the back shelf from the shows Ben 10 and Power Rangers Operation Overdrive. These shows did not begin airing until 2005 and 2007. Another shelf carries Nintendo DS and PSP consoles, which were not available until late 2004. And this, I think, takes place in like, ni- it's like definitely somewhere in the 90s this takes place. I can't remember yeah. when Sun and Jin got married, but it's like, you know. Um, also, a toy doll of, Erica, do you know things about Pokemon? Yeah. Minin? Mine? Minion? Minin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, a toy doll of Minin, which is a Pokemon, is shown on a shelf in a toy store. Pokemon Ruby and Pokemon Sapphire versions... Sapphire is the one that I always played, um, <laughs> which Minin first appeared in. It wasn't released until late 2002. In addition, a doll featuring Piplup from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl versions was shown in the background of the store, and these video games weren't released until 2006. So, oopsie daisy, toy store. <laughs> which at the same time, like, it's like, okay, guys, like, yeah. we, we get it, but it was supposed to be misleading. So yeah. I think, like, that's, I don't know. I don't think it was, like, wrong yeah on their part but also like i don't know it's it's messy i'm gonna see if it says on last pia what year this was for some reason my brain says 1992 but that feels way too early i think early. that's way too early yeah. like, i think that i i'm pretty sure that either because what ta- what year does the show take place it's like what 2004 2004 yeah i think they got married in either like 2000 or 2001 yeah is what my gut tells me okay i'm on the because i looked on the wikipedia and i couldn't see what like their wedding date is yeah i'm on the pre-crash timeline one sec y'all if you are listening to a lost podcast you know that this is important extremely sometimes i look things up and i'm like this is too niche it really doesn't matter that much but then i'm like i feel like people care though i care we care i love the details i spend all my time on all of the wikis because yeah. it's and lostpedia is the best wiki of all oh god yeah. it's so true it blows my mind how comprehensive it is lost wiki yeah. oh 100 that and the once upon a time one but there's two so you have mm. to find the right one yeah because the other one is like not well developed at all and it's confusing i'm doing this on my phone so i can't just control f okay i found some. so this is an engine meeting it says unknown date Thanks so much. In 2000. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was, yeah. That's yeah. kind of what I thought. Okay. So the owner comes in and he says, are you looking for something in particular? He says, I want a panda. And so he's <laughs> like, perfect. So he gets him a big stuffed panda. And pandas, of course, bring in the theme of dark and light, which this show loves to do. Dan said in the commentary that this actor who plays the owner is named Simon Ree. And he knows him from LA and he's a really talented martial artist. Hmm. So that's a fun fact about oh. Simon Ree. Yeah. So Jin's like, perfect, yes, I will take that one. And he asks if he wants it gift wrapped. And he says, no, I'm going straight to the hospital. How much is it? He says it's 50,000 won. Um, I looked it up, at least today. It might be different in the in 2000 when this mm-hmm. flashback takes place. Um, but that's about $37 USD or about $50 Canadian. I hate the Canadian dollar. <laughs> Goddamn. Which also seems like a steal it honestly, for a panda that big. Yeah, like it Damn. tracks that it would be that much. Like yeah. I believe that price. Yeah, realistic pricing. Yeah. Dan said in the commentary that the very first take they ever did when he was walking into the store, he fell through the glass, the glass door because of his, he got these new leather shoes and they got wet because <laughs> it was raining outside. And then he fell through the door and it was like their first day shooting this episode. And Steven was like, I killed the actor. Oh my my first day, at, my first day directing, he's dead now. Oh. I, I'm going to go to jail. But so he asks, oh, are you going to the maternity ward? And he goes, oh my gosh, congrats. Is it a boy or a girl? And he goes, I don't know. That is none of your business. He goes, that's okay. Everybody loves pandas. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. So Jin's phone rings and he's like, I'm on my way. I understand. Okay, let's go. So he leaves and he definitely looks younger. Like when you watch it back, knowing it's a flashback, you can tell. Oh yeah. But when you watch it like initially, there's no precedent for this. No. Like they would never do this. Um, so there's like no way you would ever assume that it was a flashback. Mm-hmm. So Jin rushes outside with his panda. <laughs> he gets a taxi. He puts the panda in, but then his phone rings and he answers. He gets knocked into the, he drops his phone. It's driven over by a motorcycle. <laughs> Worst stroke of luck ever. Then someone gets into the taxi and rides off with his very expensive panda. How could you do that? How could you do that? I, like, if you you get in there and you're like, there's this giant panda in here. Yeah. Wouldn't that tip you off? It like, is, how much of a jerk do you have to be? It is be? so funny to watch, like, the back of this guy's head with the back of the panda's head just, like, drive off as if they're buds and they're just getting into the taxi <laughs> like, together. Like, no question. Like, yeah. like, oh, I'm ride sharing with, with this, this panda. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just like, oh my god, Jin, you get a phone call, you get into the taxi, you answer the phone call, in the taxi. In the taxi. What are you doing? (laughs) Years of watching anything in New York has programmed me. Yeah. Just get in the taxi. Get in the taxi. (laughs) So he screams, I will kill you, I hate you, I will find you, and I will murder you, basically. Yeah. There's like which, a couple other colorful words, words in there, but... Which makes sense, like, based on the fact that it's a flashback. You know, it's this anger issues gin, yes. right? So it makes sense. And he's got this old, this old phone, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it's like little... Um, it's like a Nokia. Yeah, it's like little hints that they're giving to you, yeah. you know? But, of course, like, you, you wouldn't think to look at that stuff. Yeah. You also, if he had a Nokia, it probably would have been fine after yeah. being run over. <laughs> so clearly the business telephone is not not very good not very good so he goes back in for another panda <laughs> says, i need a panda and he goes the owner goes that was the last one and he goes there's one right there and he goes well that one's on hold and it's someone's already, already paid, paid for. for it right so he goes i'll give you more money he's like dude they've already paid for it like what am i going to what's he going to do when they come back and there's no panda just give them their, their money back and how does he explain that like yeah. he's in trouble <laughs> for giving him this panda but he says how about a dragon for good luck 
And he says, I think he says it's the year of the dragon. Yeah. And that's another hint that you get is because like 2000 whatever is not the year of the dragon. Right. So that's another clue. Because I think we're mm -hmm. in the year of the dragon now. So like it's come full circle. Okay. Yeah, sure. So Jin gives a whole bunch of money. And on Lostpedia, it said the bills that he gives recently in Jin's flashback, he pulls South Korean won bills that recently came into circulation out of his wallet. The 10,000 won bill he pulls out were released on January 22nd, 2007. So that's the wrong kind of currency. <laughs> Somebody on Lostpedia is pissed. Oh um, yeah, they're angry about this, this whole scene. Yeah. On the commentary, Yunjin said it looks like around a hundred dollars us of money. So he Ooh. paid about double for like more, like triple. more than double, almost yeah. triple of what the pound was actually worth. So the owner goes, okay, don't lose this one. Like straight up. This is the last one I have. Okay. Yeah, and Jin's he's, like, okay, whatever. He's like, okay, I'm going to take the L for this customer yeah. and just for this amount of money. Yeah. I could split it and mm -hmm. still make profit. <laughs> I love that even in an episode like this, like lost finds a way to like bring some like joy and humor into it. And like, that's what this flashback is. Yeah. Um, cause all the other, like all the other storylines are so serious. It's nice to have still a uh, one that is still makes you smile. Mm -hmm. It's usually it's also interesting that usually they have like flash forward flashback so that it's like you, they, you're they're together in your mind. Too. Yeah, like it, there there's no mm -hmm. present time yeah. in between the two because it's you're supposed to put them together. To, yeah, you're supposed to think yeah. it's one one flash mm -hmm. flash forward. So Jin gets to the hospital and. They said on the commentary that it's the same hospital, actually, that they shot Sun stuff in, but it's just a different wing of the hospital. So, like, mm. they do look quite a lot different. Mm -hmm. And they apparently shut down the whole wing for them because, like, they only needed one room for Sun, but um, Jin, they needed, like, a whole wing of the hospital, so yeah, they shut that down. Um, and I guess that was okay when there isn't a bunch of COVID happening, you yeah. know, because I feel like hospital, the hospital would not have enough room to do that no, now. No, no. People literally in yeah. the hallway right now, like, it's, yeah. it's not happening. So there's a man in a suit by the door and Jin says, hi, I'm from Pike Automotive and we want to say congratulations to the ambassador for becoming a grandfather. Is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. So he puts the blue ribbon around its neck and the ambassador comes out and he goes, hi, this panda represents how much Mr. Pike wants to do work with the great country of China. Congratulations. And the ambassador's like, okay, thanks. I'll give Mr. Pike a call. And Jin can like see the mother and the baby and he leaves. So it's very, very clear that this is not son, son right yeah, at all. I feel like if I was the daughter of the ambassador, I'd be like, hey, dad, can we like nix the business deals right now? Yeah. yeah. I literally just gave birth. What but are you doing? At the same time, like she also seems like she's just like in her own world yeah. with her mom. And, yeah. Like they're, they're having a family moment yeah. in the background while he's just like business. So excuse my ignorance, but if this is the Chinese ambassador, mm -hmm. he's just a Chinese ambassador who lives in Korea? Question mark? Um, I think... Because they're not in China. No, no. They're... Uh, so, some... Like, he might be... Like, his daughter might live there. Uh-huh. Like, maybe oh, she's yeah. married to a Korean man uh -huh. or, you know, something like that. Like, it was, like, a, a business wedding mm -hmm. before mm. um, with, like, another company just to strengthen the union. That... Or maybe he works, like, out of the embassy. Like, the Chinese embassy in Korea. In Korea. Okay, uh, yeah. Because sure. I was like, they're not in China. They're all, like, talk... They're all speaking Korean and everything. Like, they're not in China. Okay. So, that makes sense is that they live in korea but he's the chinese ambassador that works at the embassy and so or yeah. they have the company like the chinese company and they have a like you know how some companies uh have like a canadian division and yeah. they have someone who is from america mm. working there yeah, 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 running yeah. it so yeah. it could be something like that okay gotcha 
So as Jin leaves, the nurse asks why he's leaving already. And he's like, it's not my baby, which is so funny because like the audience is like, wasn't that your baby? And Jin's like, that's not mine, you stupid audience. Yeah, he's like, uh, idiot. Gotcha. I've only been married for two months. And that's a great moment. Yeah. It's like the reveal that yeah. it was a flashback. And you're like, what? It's, it's mind blowing. As soon as the scene ends, mm-hmm. you can just hear that psych. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Got him. Um, on Lastpedia, they gave like the several hints that Jin's flashes are actually flashbacks. I think I already said that his character is acting more like uh, having more of a violent temper. Um, the year of the dragon thing reference implies a time frame between February 2000 and January 2001. He uses a large cell phone reminiscent of the early 2000s. And then obviously when he says at the end of it, it's two months. But one that I didn't bring up that I thought was interesting. Sun is immediately recognized as one of the Oceanic Six when she enters the hospital, but no one pays any attention to Jin. He's just some guy. Yeah. I like that's one that yeah. didn't, didn't occur to me, but that's a good oh, one. Oh, I yeah. forgot. I didn't even notice that. Well, I look back on this now and I'm like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, same. But there's like no, like I said, there's no precedent for you to ever think that they would do this. Right. Especially because yeah. that scene where she's in the hospital is before him entering yeah, the hospital. Right, right, so. right. Wild. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, genius. <laughs> so um, that's a little flashback, um, mostly just like for funsies and to make you go, wow. But so yeah, let's do the flash forward where there's a little bit more less, meat. Yeah, less bamboozling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, less pandas, more meat. Yeah. <laughs> less pandas. <laughs> less pandas, less pandas. <laughs> yeah. In a flash forward, we see Sun in her apartment packing bags when she starts to go into labor and calls for an ambulance. Next, we see her arrive at the hospital alone. A nurse tries to take off her wedding ring for the swelling, but Sun refuses. The doctor arrives and says the baby is in distress, and he asks Sun if there's anyone they can call. She says they have to call Jin. About to give birth, Sun is crying out in pain. The doctor wants to perform a C-section, but Sun, in agony, refuses because Jin still isn't there. For a moment, she thinks she sees him in the hallway, but it's someone else. The baby begins to crown, and Sun has no option but to push. She gives birth to a beautiful baby girl. Finally, we see Sun back in her apartment getting ready when she's greeted by Hurley at the door. He gets to meet the baby and says she looks just like Jin, and it's too freaking wholesome for words. Hurley (laughs) says they should go to see him, and in a shocking twist, the two arrive at a cemetery where Jin's grave sits. Sun emotionally introduces Jin to their daughter, who Sun reveals she named Ji-yun just like Jin wanted. I am sobbing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well behaved baby in the <laughs> extremely in that scene though. Shout out. Very. So yeah, Sun's in her apartment and she's packing to leave somewhere. Unclear where. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not we we don't ever learn that. And the coolest thing about this scene is that when she turns off the TV, she's watching a Korean dub of literally Nikki's episode of Expose. Oh my god. That's so wild. I cannot believe I didn't catch that. Yeah, like straight up Nikki walks into the room, like that's the scene that we see that her shooting in Expose. Oh, you know what? It's a reference because Adam and Eddie wrote this. I bet they wrote that into the script. <laughs> oh my god, they definitely did. Because <laughs> they because they did uh Expose too. And fun fact, this is the only episode where Nikki appears without Paolo. Good for her. Sorry, Dilly's letting me pet him for the first time. (laughs) That's a huge moment. It is. Hi, buddy. That's nice, Daly. Good boy. You're very friendly. Good boy. (laughs) Sniff butt. (laughs) But yeah, in every other episode, Nikki and Paolo are together. I think there's an episode where Paolo appears without Nikki, but this is the only episode where Nikki appears without Paolo. Good for her. So she starts having contractions and she can't put on her lipstick. Thank goodness at the end, she finally puts her lipstick on. <laughs> I felt bad she didn't get to take it off. 
put her put it on. And she phones for an ambulance because she thinks something's wrong with her pregnancy. On Lostpedia, it said, assuming minimal or no time differences between the island and South Korea and the correctness of Juliet's estimation of son's date of conception, um, the flash forward takes place in July or August of 2005. Hmm. So there you go. Interesting. Um, which makes Ji-yun either a Cancer, a Leo, or a Libra? Uh, I think. No, a Cancer, a Leo, or a Virgo. Oh, you're right, a Virgo. I always get confused because Brittany was born on... Dilly, not... We're not doing that right now, man. <laughs> Dilly, uh-uh, not right now. And so I think of Virgos as like a late September thing, but it's not. <laughs> nope, mm. late August. <laughs> so she goes, ah, help me, on the phone, right? And the person goes, what seems to be the problem? Don't patronize me, lady. What do you mean? What seems to be a problem? I have, I'm having a problem. I got a baby coming out of me. <laughs> yeah. What seems to be the problem? Do you not hear me screaming? Yeah. And so we all assume that it's about the fact that the baby was conceived on the island and that's what the problem is. Delay. You okay, buddy? He said, now I have to choke. All I can do is make sounds. Okay. We know that like the opposite is okay because of Claire. So baby conceived off island birthed on island is okay. But it's just a guess of Juliet's that conceived on island birthed off island is okay, right? Mm-hmm. So we assume that it's because of that. And that is why the problem is. But Juliet was right and it seems to be okay. So Sun gets to the hospital um, and some nurses recognize her as one of the Oceanic Six. So we now officially have Hurley, Jack, Saeed, Kate, and Sun as the Oceanic Six because they have all like officially been referred to as members of the Oceanic Six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Hurley called himself, like they've all said specifically that they are members. And then at first watch, m- people will think that Jin is the final one, right? But it's mm-hmm. not true. Um, and then, like you said, potentially Aaron, but he hasn't been referred as one of the members yet. So it's still technically in the air if it's him or if there's... And I think that's really smart of them mm-hmm. that every time you get an episode, you still are like wondering who that last yeah. one is. Because it could be Aaron or it could be somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they get her into the room and the nurse tries to take off her wedding ring and she doesn't want to. And the nurse is like, yeah, it's not really up to you. I gotta yeah. say. like, it's, the swelling. it's for the swelling. Um, and she's like, we're not gonna like take it or do anything to it. And then we have Dr. Bay coming in. Mm-hmm which is obviously not a slang term <laughs> at the time, but it is a funny name uh, now when Bay means a whole nother thing. Um, but he tells the nurse that it's fine. He says that he's in for Dr. Park, who's away at a conference. And at first I thought he was just like, eh, it's fine, leave the ring on. And I'm like, I don't think that's a good call. But I think he just means like son. He, I think he was talking to son saying like, it's fine. Yeah. I think. Okay. Anyway, so Dr. Park is away at a conference, and so he has to do it, not her regular doctor, which I understand why that would be, like, surprising, because it's not something that you were prepared for. Dan said in the commentary that this actor, who plays Dr. Bay, he, like, knows all the actors, which I think is really cool. It's so cute. This actor, his name is Lanny June, and when Dan first met him, he told him that he gets mistaken for Dan all the time. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So Sun gets some pain meds and she's asking what's wrong. The doctor is saying that the baby's in distress and he doesn't know what's up, but he is going to find out, Mm -hmm. which is really nice. He asks if they can contact someone in her family for her. And she says her husband. And this is genius writing Mm -hmm. because she's saying this, even though she's literally been to Jin's gravestone, she knows that Jin is dead. Yeah. But... She's high on pain meds now because they give her the pain meds and then that's when she starts talking about Jin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, on Lostpedia, it said, when going into labor, Sun calls for her absent husband. This mirrors the moment in the season three finale when Jack referred to his father as if he were still alive in the flash forward um, yeah. to oh. confuse you into thinking yeah. 
that it's just so smart it's so good so the doctor gets to the point where he's like i think we need to do a c-section which son doesn't want she wants to give birth naturally and he says no the medication that we gave you is going to make a natural birth really difficult and son's like don't tell me what i can't do <laughs> she's like, she's like no i'm gonna do it <laughs> but she says what about Jin?" and he's like there isn't any time like he's not here yet we can't do it right who knows if the doctor's know that he's not around and that he died you yeah. know like and, and they're just like telling There's her no time stuff yeah. like not to like to freak her out into being like he's not coming he died mm-hmm. you know and so she sees a man that looks like him and like from the hallway and like calls out for him and the du- dude's like oh uh, i'm uncomfortable so he, <laughs> he just leaves and dan said in the co- uh, commentary he knows all these people that is his actual stand-in his name is steve tanazaki and he has been dan's stand-in on the show for years and years and it's his first time actually on screen oh that's genius that. yeah oh my god right? that's so smart yeah and yunjin said that sometimes when dan can't be there in the scene and they're just doing sun's coverage she'll act to yeah this guy instead of dan and and he's sometimes like dan like the side of dan's face or something in hmm. like shots where they're just doing coverage of sun it's really cool i'm happy for him so the baby is crowning and the doctor's like oh damn okay uh natural birth it is i guess and uh the baby is born and it's a girl and on Lustpedia, it said the son, that son has her baby in soul, just like she said that she wanted to. I think yeah. it was in Eggtown when uh, they were talking about where they wanted to uh, start their family and son wanted to be in soul. Mm-hmm. Stephen in the commentary said that the baby was 10 days old and that they had made arrangement with the parents before the baby was born to use the baby being so little being so little so they literally like found a mother who was like about to give birth and said like in a month we need a baby and she said in a month i will have a baby that explains why gn is so small so small yeah which is smart because half the time when they use like new babies like when aaron was born i was like Mm -hmm. that baby's like three months old (laughs) like he's not a baby yeah yeah Yeah. she's not giving birth to a 10 pound baby at her size yeah and the thing, the stuff that was on the baby was cream cheese and jelly. It do <laughs> kind of look like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Yunjin said that that was like one of the like only things that people use for stuff like that. That's like safe, safe to put on a baby that young. Yeah. And then she also said that she doesn't have children. And I, I looked it up and she still doesn't have children. Uh, so she said lots of people on the crew were like giving her tips on how to make it believable and like everything because she's never given birth. So I thought that was cute. That's awesome. All right. Back in her apartment after all of that ordeal, Sun puts her ring back on. So they did take it off. She's taking it out of like the little hospital baggie that they put all of her effects in. And I thought that was probably for the best that that they got it off. And apparently the bag was labeled with the wrong name in Korean though. Oh my God. Oh. So oops. Um, I would have no way of knowing that, but some other people caught it. Uh, she finally gets to put on her lipstick, which is great for her because uh, before she couldn't get it on <laughs> in time. <laughs> And the doorbell rings, and it's Hurley. He's so cute. It's Hurley. I love him so much. Son's like, you came all this way? And he's like, yeah, of course. Is anybody else coming? And she says, no. And Hurley goes, good. I always watched this, and I was like, what does that line read? I don't know. Why did he read the line like that? I genuinely was like, is this the reveal that Hurley and Son are dating now? Oh my I God. know it kind of it it kind of sounds like that. Like it, it's it, not, but like no. what was that line read? Yeah, it was a little uh, awkward. Yeah, um, and even Dan in the commentary was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, "I'm with you." Like I I'm not sure why he does it like that. I wonder if like you know he's had like a falling out with one of the other like members of the Oceanic Six or something, and he's like, "Good, no one else is coming." 
Yeah. Or something. Like, that, I don't know. That could be it, yeah. too. Like, because, like, she also, like, fixes her hair before going to the door and everything, too. And I'm just like, is this a date? Like, what's happening? I'm like, is she moving on from Jin? To Hurley? Hurley? I'm like, aw. <laughs> I mean, he. He is, like, the perfect person. Yeah. So I love him so much. <laughs> so Sun shows him the baby, and it's a different baby than before. It's a different baby. Um, And Hurley says, and I quote, she's awesome. She's awesome. Which is so <laughs> nice. I love it. And Sun says, do you want to hold her? And he says, I'm not so good at that. Maybe I shouldn't. But she says that she trusts him, and so she lets him hold the baby. And he says that she looks just like Jin, and they sadly agree I can't believe you came all this way. You kidding? Is anyone else coming? No. Good. So, where is she? <laughs> She's awesome. Thank you. Would you like to hold her? I don't know. I kind of have two left hands. I trust you. Wow. She looks just like Jin. Yes. She does. Hurley gives the baby back and they're like, let's go see Jin. And so that's why now you can see that they're like in a black dress and a suit is that they're going to go to the cemetery. Steven said on the commentary that he did research about cemeteries in Korean and they're more like park like Mm -hmm. than the ones that we have here um, in in North America. And he said, especially if you're part of like a rich family, like Jin married into, they're very like park like. Yeah. So they go over to Jim's Jim. Jim. (laughs) So they go over to, sorry, that's Captain Gold. <laughs> Not Jin. So we go over to Jin's tombstone and Sun says like a lot of this in Korean. Mm-hmm. And I like that her, I like that she does that. That was important because she's talking to Jin, right? Yeah. And I know Hurley's like standing in the back like, this is probably important for her. I have no idea what she's saying, but I'm going to be respectful about it. Yeah, you I know? support you. Um, I'm here for you. So Sun says, you were right. It's a girl. And it was a really rough delivery. And I guess apparently I was calling out for you the whole time. I wish that you had been there. And her name is Ji Yun, just like you asked for it to be. And I really miss you. And it's really sad. It's heartbreaking. Yoon Jin always hits the ball out of the park oh God, with these emotional sobbing, ugly. Yeah. So now we know officially that Jin is not one of the Oceanic Six. Yeah. And when you look at his tombstone, he apparently dies before she even leaves the island. Because if he, if he had gotten off the island and then died then he would be a member of the oceanic six right so we know that he dies before she gets she leaves the island and it looks like on the tombstone it says that he died on september 22nd 2004 it says that he died in the crash oh so oh yeah so now that's another hint that you're like they like because we know that they lied we know that there's a lot of things that they lied about yeah and so if you're looking at the tombstone, it says that he died in the crash. And so that's like another lie that they're telling. But Jin, like Sun is acting like he's actually dead, right? Yeah. So we can assume that Jin dies before she leaves the island. Um, I would not like to assume yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, same. <laughs> but it, and it also says that he was six years older than her. Fun fact on like, cause we know what Sun, like 
Basically, it has both of their things. Like, you know, like, couples will get tombstone that has both of them on it. And yeah. then they'll just, like, fill in it's the rest family, of it after. It's a family plot. Yeah. yeah. And so it says what her birthday is and what his birthday is and all that yeah. stuff. So it says that he's six years older than her. And it says that she's a Pisces, Aries cusp, and he's a Sagittarius. And on Lostpedia, it said, fun fact, that the tombstone says that Jin was born on November 27th, 1974, and Sun was born March 20th, 1980. This difference of six years is considered the least compatible according to the zodiac dang oops wow which explain explains a lot at the beginning of the yeah. relationship it is it they go very hard to to very different very mm-hmm. quickly and then you know they find that common ground but like yeah it's proof sometimes the zodiacs aren't a hundred percent correct yeah and i mean also they are fictional characters so exactly. <laughs> yeah i mean i i can assume that the the writers weren't like we need to plot out exactly but everyone's birth chart like <laughs> if i was a writer i would do that i mean i but... would too but <laughs> it makes sense that not everyone's gonna do that yeah like they're not as like attention to detail maybe something we that we can strive for after the writer's strike you guys Oh, Just some more yes. detail. I feel like that's a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need birth times and moon phases. Yeah, please. exactly. I need I need sun, moon, and rising. So just get on that. Thanks, guys. The last thing that I had here was just that I think that languages are so interesting. Mm-hmm. I only speak one language. I am same a stupid idiot who only knows one language. But like, it's just interesting because when she says Ji Yun, like the 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 subtitles say Ji Yun. But it sounds totally different. Yeah, because it's it's not. Yeah, it's the sentence structure um, in Asian languages versus mm-hmm. English is different. Yeah. yeah, very different. I've learned that the hard way many times because yeah. I took four years of Chinese mm-hmm. and it was just. And I know a little Japanese, and I'm just like, oh, good god. Yeah, when this episode opened up, I literally was like, I know exactly who I want to have on this on this episode because I was like when me and Erica went to high school together you were so obsessed with K-pop I was like perfect (laughs) I I know like a few words in Korean and that's it and so when she was like I love you and I was like and I was like I know that word I know that one yeah (laughs) that's what I got you guys is there anything else you guys want to bring up before we move on to segments and spoilers I miss swear (laughs) no swear this episode same. Yeah, thank you. Oh, finally. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's go into segments then, you guys. We have our favorite line award as our first segment. My favorite line award goes to Saeed for... I hope they resolve their kitchen issues. <laughs> <laughs> he's pissed. And he's right for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's eating beans out of a can. Especially, yep. like, not even, like, brown beans. Yeah, they're, like, lime, lime beans. beans. So it's, like, that ugh. weird lime water. Like, Gross. Ugh. Ew. Yeah. Gross. And my favorite Len Ward goes to Bernard for... We must be the good guys, huh? It's just so wholesome. Oh, and he does a little wink. It's so cute. He is just yeah. the best guy. Uh, mine definitely has to be... Uh, the. It's a son to Daniel, where she's like... It's a simple question. Are you or are you not going to rescue us? Yeah. And he's like, ah! <laughs> yeah! not my call she's like okay <laughs> whatever it's like okay thanks bye you answered nothing yeah. for me yeah next segment is man of science man of faith so we're gonna talk about whether sun and Jin are men of science or men of faith this episode let's start with 
Pick one. Gin. 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 Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> is Jin more of a man of science or a man of faith this episode? I think he's a man of faith this episode. Okay. Like he's he's looking at things like not from like logical perspectives. He's feeling like mm, he's taking mm. that spiritual approach. Mm. Like, which, right. I mean, they do talk about karma. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not so much a analytical perspective. It's it's more feelings and emotion mm-hmm. driven. Yeah, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, and then what about Sun? I, that's a woman of science right there. Yeah. <laughs> she's like getting it done. Yeah. She's yeah. like doing the math. She's yeah. doing the, yeah. Yeah. That would make sense to me. What but. works out best for me. Very calculating. Yeah. Very. Okay. Great. Um, now it's time for Sawyer's book corner. So we got some Sawyer. We have U-Boat War by, oh boy, German name, Lothar Gunther Buchheim. <laughs> Panic. <laughs> and this book is seen on the captain's bookshelf. Um, Guide to the Soviet Navy by Norman Polmar is also seen on the captain's bookshelf. Interesting. And then the book that Regina is reading is The Survivors of the Chancellor. Uh, It's a book by Jules Verne. It's about the last voyage of the British ship Chancellor. In the novel, at the beginning of its voyage, the Chancellor carried eight passengers and 20 crew members. By the end, only 11 people, five passengers and six crew remained alive. In the novel, several characters commit suicide, at least one of them by jumping off the raft and into the water Mm. like Regina does. Wow. Interesting connection. I love this show and like the books that they always put in. They're always like a little Easter egg, but they always, I just think it's so funny that they're always like just a little bit too relevant, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm always saying like, hey, it feels like every book I have to read is about a deserted island. I'd love to read a book that's not about a deserted island. Yeah. Because that's a little too close to home for me right now. I'd like now. a YA fantasy romance. <laughs> yeah. He's like, can I have Twilight? I know. That's literally uh, Sawyer reading, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. <laughs> He's like, finally, some <laughs> literature that I can relate to. <laughs> He's like, God, it's me, Sawyer. Yeah. Yeah. He's like crossing out all the Margarets in the book and writing it so oh Yeah. So I just feel like Regina's like reading this book and she's like, this is a bit of a bummer. This feels a little bit too, too much like my situation. Or it's like, hmm, they know what's up. Yeah. Right. She's just like, hey, <laughs> how do I notes. do any escapism with this? But yeah. also like, is she really reading the book if it's upside down? Oh, she's daydreaming for sure. Yeah. Yeah. She saw like upside down the word like drown and she was like, oh, good idea. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode. They did the thing four times. Jiyeon. Jiyeon이라고 지었네. 애기 이름은 그만 얘기해요. 아, 지연이 마음에 안 들어? 애기 이름은 당신이 원하는 대로 지연이라고 지었어요. How likable is Jack this episode? 10 out of You're 10. You're say... Yeah. Four, 10 out of 10? I, I was going to say like uh, a 9.5 9. wow. because he's got like maybe three lines of dialogue. Yeah. And, and, he, and he's content. nice. He's, he's not... Polite. Yeah. yeah. He's a little awkward, yeah. but I'm like, I, I prefer awkward Jack over yeah. whatever else he's going through. Yes. I always start at five and then I figure out how much I like him or dislike him. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go eight. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Solid. Sure. Now it's time for asexual Faraday. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Damn right. Duh. I just relate to him in a lot of different ways, including being extremely awkward. I love that for him. Like, we were talking about this before we started recording, Mm -hmm. because I was looking at the notes and I laughed so hard because I was like, it's so true. Yeah, fully. 
Like, that man has no interest. He's like, I'm doing my job. Yeah. I'm looking at science things. And he's like, uh-huh. no, thank you. Please don't flirt with me unless I have a crush on you and your name is Charlotte. Yeah. Please okay. Don't, please don't flirt with me or don't talk to me about the womb you have. Yeah. Right. I'm <laughs> uninterested. for me. I know. She's <laughs> so funny. Imagine, like, Ace Faraday. She's like, I'm two months pregnant. And he's like, I don't need to hear what you did two months ago. I'm really uncomfy. <laughs> don't talk to me about that, please. <laughs> Oh That's God. TMI. <laughs> How many episodes since the last knockout? Uh, it's been one episode since the last knockout. Last episode, Kate got knocked out. No knockouts this episode, though. No, uh, it's a, a knockout free. We have slaps. Yeah. Slaps, knockouts. though, for sure. Oh. Um, does this episode pass the Bechtel test? No. Maybe? Like, Kate and Son talk about Charlotte, but Jin is standing right there. And then later they talk about, like... There's no, like, woman-on-woman... Oh, well, (laughs) there's no just women talking. Well, I guess, except for, like, Juliet and Sun a couple times. That's true, actually. I feel like that conversation between Juliet and Sun where Juliet tells her, like, what's going on and what will happen to her might count. I think that passes. I would say so. Yeah. All right, great. Then we'll say yes. And as we always say, there are other tests to do for media that are more important, more inclusive, but the Bechtel test is the one that we have a segment for. So, yeah. It's a good test. Yeah. It's important. Hmm. Stay tuned for a segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. And thank you to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Without them, we would be lost. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. And thank you so much to whoever cooperated in the same space as us during this podcast. My dog barked and made several noises, so no thanks to him today. Aww. But thanks to Erica for being part of this podcast, I guess? Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, thanks to my parents. They weren't home for most of this, so. Okay, well, thanks to Bob and Wendy anyway. Yeah. If you are so inclined, (laughs) please write us a review wherever you're listening or recommend us to a friend. That'd be great. Weird. (laughs) <laughs> if you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show, too. Uh, we did seasons four to seven as they were airing, and then we went back to go do the good old days. So we finished season three, and now we're in the midst of season two. I'm actually having a great time, because I love the early days of that show. Uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, we'd like to talk about that show, too. We did all... Of, we, we have an episode for every single episode of Riverdale, spoiler-free, as it came out. Um, I'm really proud of that podcast because we really committed in season one and we did it. By the time that this comes out, I think that uh, season seven should almost be over, which is insane. Oh my God. Um, and so, yeah, soon we will have a little Riverdale package to just hand you and say, it's done. Here you go. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show too. We did seasons one to three. We have our initial thoughts of the two volumes that came out and um, we are doing long form thoughts of season four this year. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. Mostly Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. And we have a TikTok now. Yeah, I made a TikTok. Please follow us. Please. And give them a like. Thanks. Uh, like I said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash The If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is expensive with our money and it's expensive with our time. So we'd really appreciate your help over there. If you can't help us out on Patreon, check out our small businesses in the description um, or recommend us to a friend because it's free. You're the best. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV, which is C-A-S-E-Y. W-A-T-C-H-E-S-T-V. You get it. <laughs> yeah. Erica, thank you so much for joining us. Yay, thank you for having me. Woo. Remind us 
where we can follow you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dearest of Stinkies. That's D-E-A-R-E-S-T of Stinky. <laughs> and uh, on my Instagram for hair, which is hairbyerica.rd. Yay. Uh, our next episode is episode 408. It's called Meet Kevin Johnson. Um, and we are going to be having local Michael Stan, our friend Kim, on for that, uh, which I'm very excited about. Once uh, Kim came on and watched Lost and said, I love Michael, I said, I know exactly which episode mm-hmm. you need to come mm-hmm. on for. So I'm very excited to have her. And you guys, this is the halfway point of the season because this season is so short, which is crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, but I'm excited to keep going. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! honest i don't have a lot of spoiler thoughts uh Same. of no. this of this episode to this, be honest this episode to me like stands alone mm. so well yeah that it's like it, it incorporates things from early on and also just it carries its own weight yeah yeah it, it doesn't wreck anything mm-hmm. but it it does really put a lot going forward yes absolutely so. it sets stuff up on lostpedia it said this is Jin and Sun's first centric episode in which they do not appear together in any off island scenes um it will happen again in this place's death um where they don't share a single scene at all together crazy weird so that's what I got for general. Um, and then I'm not sure if I have anything at all until the end of the episode for spoilers here, you guys. Looking, looking. Oh, no, that's not true. I have a freighter thing. Galt says that some of the crew have been having cabin cabin fever issues. And there's an episode called Cabin Fever later oh, this season yeah. that's about Locke. And it actually like has the meaning of actual cabin fever, but then also like the Jacob's cabin and stuff. Yeah. Is that, mm-hmm. And that. And they talk about like Widmore's money and how it's going to take a bunch of, that it took a bunch of money for his black box and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was just yours. They they basically are implying that Ben's the one who did all this stuff, but it was Widmore who did all of this, basically. Yes. It's very clear that it was Widmore that did all of this. But it makes a lot of sense because, like, last episode, Ben was, like, telling Locke, like, Charles Widmore is the one behind all of this and stuff, yeah. and it really just depends on who you who to trust. Right. Yeah. You know, because even when it says, don't trust the captain, that's coming from Michael, who works for Ben. Yeah. Right? So it's, like, it's hard to figure out what to believe because there's stuff coming from both angles. Yeah, we have, like, Linus Widmore... Michael and, and the Ray. captain Ray the and Ray standing behind the captain <laughs> like four Spider-Mans all pointing at each other. Yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. your fault. I also had that uh, Juliet says she wants to get off the island so bad and I know this is really sad and I'm really sorry in advance. Um, Juliet never gets off the island. No, ever. She never does. I didn't need to be reminded of that. Thank you I know. so much. It's really sorry. Yeah. Heartbreaking. I like, I want her to be free so badly but it's just it never happens i mean she makes do with the with her life there Mm -hmm. later on but it's still really sad yeah you guys Jin is not actually dead what it's gonna be really hard to talk 
on this podcast like Jin is dead until like the beginning of season five. I know. Oh my god. I, like, d- I have so much sympathy for you guys because I would be like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. He's alive. And then it's just like, but, but the twist is so good. I can't so ruin good. it for somebody, you, you know? can't. Like last time we had to do this, Mikhail isn't actually dead in season three, right? Yeah. Like now he is, thank God. But like at the time, like it was not too bad because it was only like a couple of episodes and also like when are we really talking about Mikhail that much, you know? True. But, like, this is going to be hard. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to yeah. have to, like, remind each of our guests every single time to talk about him like he's dead. But he's not actually dead. Although, more sad things is that he never does actually get to meet his daughter. No, thanks. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he gets uh, to see pictures of her yeah. in season six, but he never actually gets to meet her before he passes away. That what kills me, though, is, like... And it's so sad because, like, son comes back to the island yeah. and they never get off. No. They never get to be there for... They fi- They do get to finally reunite. Yes. And they get to be back together. Which, but, thank God. Yeah. I mean, in the most saddest scene mm-hmm. of the entire show next yeah. to Charlie for me yeah. is that that last season. Like, oh. Ugh, it's hard. I remember watching it um, with my little brother. Uh-huh. Because sci-fi... Shout out Max. Yeah, shout out Max. Uh, so sci-fi would release the episode the next day uh-huh. in the morning, and we'd watch it before school. Yeah. And I at that point, I had sucked him into loss because my mom bought me all the seasons that mm-hmm. were out as they were coming out. And so we were watching the finale before school Oh, my God. Morning, and both of us are sobbing. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we were like, oh, oh my no. God, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to school and everyone's like erica are you okay and i was like i want to talk about it <laughs> no i hadn't like by the at that point i hadn't even watched it yet no like and, you watched it before me yeah like i i i've watched this show so many times it's ridiculous but uh yeah like i didn't even live here yet yeah like, oh, right. we hadn't even met when the show ended yeah that's right well i was in grand prairie and i think oh. i think when i watched the season finale i remember being oh my upstairs. god you're so right because we met in grade 10 which yeah. started at the end of 2010 wait yeah. no so i had watched it before before i met you yeah. I, I i binged it the summer before we met yeah because i Weird. remember when that when was I so finally, long ago so it, it's been th- almost 13 years uh-huh. like that's wild so like this show is like oh it it i to this day, I recommend it to everyone. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. what should I watch? I'm like, always. Because everyone who's, were like, I've brought it up to are like, oh, it's, you know, it's too complicated. And I was like, well, it's so much more digestible now that yeah. it's on like streaming mm-hmm. because you're not waiting week to week trying to remember certain things. You can just mm-hmm. watch it. You know what's happening. Yeah. And that's what I, what I love about it. I always tell people these days, I'm just like, it's not the type of show that you can watch while you're folding your laundry or no. while you're like scrolling Twitter. Like you just have to pay attention and then it's not that complicated no it's people not. just aren't paying enough attention yes yeah. so he's not actually dead but son and everyone else totally do believe that he is 100%. until that episode in season five yeah they do say that Jin died in the crash and they actually only say in the season four finale that that three definitely dead people survived right so this is interesting mm-hmm. that like and we'll talk about this in the season four finale but the three people that they choose to say that they di- that they survived the crash were Boone oh I guess I could have brought him up now and not earlier <laughs> anyway sorry were Boone who they definitely know is dead yeah Charlie who they definitely know is dead yeah. and Libby who they definitely know is dead yeah. right I don't know why they only choose three other people I don't know but it's interesting to me that they choose not to choose Jin. Yeah. Right? I hope that Sun has an inkling in the back of her mind that yeah. he maybe does survive. Because she just sees a giant explosion. And like, is it hard to survive that? Yeah. yeah. But we didn't see a body. 
she no. never saw a body. She never got confirmation right? that he didn't make it out. Yeah. So I, it's like, it's interesting because I feel like everyone is like really suspicious of Kate and Aaron, right? That's like a whole thing in, um, and I'd love to do like a tiny mini episode between season four and season five talking about the Oceanic Six conspiracy of lies bonus feature. Yes. yes. It's the best. It's my favorite bonus feature from uh, anything I want to go back and rewatch right? that. Uh. It's like, like they made a documentary, a fake documentary. They're so cool. But so like smart. people are so suspicious of Kate and Aaron, right? They're just like what is going on here like that's clearly not her baby they have pictures of her when she was going on the onto the plane yeah and she's not pregnant like what's going on right she'd have to be this many months pregnant for this to happen yeah. right but son's timeline is off too if Jin died in the crash I mean I guess maybe it was only a couple of weeks probably so it like wasn't as big yeah. of a deal but technically if they're trying to say that Jin died in the crash her timeline is technically a little bit off too yeah um, but also at yeah. the same time like she could have also like been pregnant longer than than she would have thought and like yeah or she could have been early or whatever yeah yeah yeah. so it's there's so many it's not an exact science yeah yeah so and i i also like i i know like with the whole kate thing and i I know someone who didn't tell anyone she Mm. was pregnant Mm -hmm. and then surprise she's gone now and has a baby and yeah. like no one knew for nine months and yeah. it's like it it can be done like some people just don't look pregnant yeah so it's like yeah they can overanalyze kate but i'm like she might have been like yeah. you never know you like know. who knows exactly that's what i have to offer you in the spoiler section today is there anything else you guys i got nothing no this this was a kind of a good episode for like cut and dry right its own thing yeah which i love like i always say that like sometimes i come to the spoiler section and i'm like like i have spoilers but like they're just plot points like you know like yeah i just want to talk about plot well that's the thing <laughs> is that like they're like ben is like i have a secret person on the boat and you're like oh and then in the spoiler section i'm like is it even worth saying that the person is michael because like that becomes so clear that it's not even like anything <laughs> yeah. to discuss it's exactly. just it's the it's, truth it's part of the plot yeah. like it's it's gonna it's revealed nobody forgets it's... that who who that is no. you know what i mean <laughs> kevin so yeah you know kev well Erica, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. It was fun. Anytime you want me back, I am happy to be here. You got it. I live, laugh, love for this show. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you some of the ones. I think we've got some season six ones still available. So I'll give you the list. Amazing. You guys check out if you want to follow us on any social media. Um, All of that information is in the description. And at The Aficionados, patreon.com slash The Aficionados. We'd really appreciate your guys' help. And we will see you guys next time when we're going to talk about Michael for a really long time. Yay. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Nice to meet you, Kevin.